Hello, everyone, and welcome to Starry Alignment. I don't know your first for cosmic strategy and divine time, and we're live. We're live. I'm here, I'm here with the Lula Bros. Um, my name is Stephanie Catalano, and we're going to be talking with you about the Aquarius moon. And welcome to. I'm going to be talking to you about the Aquarius new moon with Alula and going through the transits all the way up into the Leo full moon. And if you're new to the podcast, uh, we are conscious deep divers. We love to explore the astrology from many different angles, from tarot to medical astrology to um, just traditional techniques. So Alula, I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me, babe. Um, yeah, sorry for the technology. I'm resident granny in the house. <laughs> but it's okay, Mercury's retrograde. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, so uh, we wanted to kick off this episode by talking about how the astrology has been affecting us personally, because um, as the sun moves and the planets move, we all have a different experience of the astrology, and it can be insightful to hear maybe how it's resonating with us and um, we'd love to hear in the comments on YouTube or any other platform that you might be listening to how this lunation that we're in right now has been affecting you and what you see coming for you in the future but Alula how has this lunation been for you how has the uh, transit of uh, Capricorn season been feeling yeah so thank you for uh, bringing up this this theme I Capricorn's my 12th house so um yeah, the 12th house, just, just quickly, is is very much a house of isolation, um, but it's it's beautiful. I love the 12th house. It's like the isolation that can either bring enlightenment if we lean into it in a meditative way, or it can, you know, if we're not embracing the solitude and the, the call to deep dive into our internal world, it can drive you a little bit mad. So it's like isolation can either be enlightening or imprisoning. Um, so I definitely felt some of the shadow side <laughs> a little bit because I think I was resisting um, just seeking accountability for building in adequate rest for myself. But um, this Mercury retrograde through my 12th has shown me how to just be better at that and, and um, leaning into the, the need for rest. So I'm grateful. I feel like a lot of lessons came up um from deep in my psyche like connecting a lot of patterns back to childhood so it's been um restful but productive yeah yeah 12th house transits are always really funny because we think that we can like do more like we're like oh yeah like i'm just gonna do all of this we were talking about how the shift from the uh transit of the sun in the 11th house versus the transit of the sun in the 12th house and how when when we have the sun in the in the 11th house it's like we are very social we like have all this inspiration to connect with friends and then when the sun moves into the 12th it's hermit time and it can be interesting to kind of transition into that but uh, if you're an Aquarius rising rising and you're listening to this um because I know Alula is then you know th this is a season what Capricorn season where resting is like tis the season to hermit and to rest and to take the time that you need. So I'm glad that you came to that and you still have a week left until the sun moves into Aquarius and can really enjoy that time alone and that time to reflect. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah what about right? you? What's been? So the sun's been transiting my third house of communication, learning, local environment. And um, I've been... <laughs> 
also mercury retrograde is there and uh i have a i have a capricorn stellium so my north node is there my uranus neptune venus mars venus mars um all in capricorn so this has been a really big new moon for me and i am about to open my studio that i'm in right now to the public in a week um so there's been a lot of like technology and stuff i've been doing a lot of um writing copywriting marketing um things that people really haven't seen and as soon as mercury turns direct it's like all of that is gonna be revealed um something i noticed last night because i'm preparing to teach my learn astrology i used to call this course sacred rhythm but um in the rebrand the mercury retrograde this third house transit i've decided to call it just learn astrology the language of the stars and in that course, I um, like to discover with people where they are in their lifetime lunation cycle. And I realized that I'm in my uh, full moon transit of my lifetime lunation cycle, uh, September 2023. So I don't remember exactly when I go to teach this class, I'm going to recall exactly the the periods. But I think, the, do you remember, Lula, like how long lunation cycles within the lifetime lunations work? I honestly haven't looked at that in uh, since 2019 with you. So um, yeah, it's one of those things where you like, it's a tool that you like uncover like again and again, you're like, Oh shit, this is really powerful. Um, so I think a note of that to look it up. Again. I think it's like every like five years or two and a half years. Um, if you go to astroseek.com, you can pull up your, your lifetime lunation cycle and it will show you like where you are. Basically, it gives you like your progressed sun and moon and, and how they are relating to one another. So I'm just really excited because um, you can only enter like the full moon phase or a new moon phase every like couple of dozens of years. Like it's a big deal to enter these, these yang phases where there's so much action happening. Yeah. So um, that's kind of what's going on for me. Like I just feel like I'm, I'm culminating to my lifetime full moon and that's like that's what it feels like and and i was looking to see where am i in my lunation cycle i haven't looked at it in like two years and, and yeah to see that i'm coming on like a full moon um feels really descriptive of what's going on in my life right now yeah so thanks for asking that's what's been going on for me yeah i just want to like build too so people listening can learn like Steph has her natal moon in Cancer, which is the sign that the moon governs. So um, I think even those lunar, uh, any any sort of lunar like strategy or method of looking into your astrology is that much more impactful because of that rulership in your personal chart. Um, I hope you don't mind me sharing that. I don't think you that's do. cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's true. I was just thinking I could share my screen and like show people how to pull this up. Um, would you mind sharing like? providing me this share screen ability because I also feel like I really want to clarify the the amount of time it takes for um these these cycles to change I can do it now right well if I make you host it won't mess anything up I'm such a grandma no. you'll be good I think so yeah yeah change host there we go all right um yes so
Oh, babe, I think you're muted. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now? Yeah, there we go. Okay, I was just saying that we're doing something a little different for you guys today. But it doesn't want to load. Well, well, great. What I have to say about this is that if you want to learn more about your lifetime lunation cycle, check out my course. I'm going to be sending an email um, for those of you that want to join online. Um, I'm offering the course for like a third of what it was like two years ago because I just really want to get this information out. And um, yeah, it's really fun to explore. So if you're not yet on our mailing on our mailing list, go to starrylime.com. You can click join the list and uh, you also get a discount um, to get a reading with us. Alula is going to be on our calendar in February. I'm also taking readings in February as well. So uh, because I need some space to get this uh, in-person workshops going. So, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Well, um, we're going to be moving through the astrology. Um, see if I can share audio, share tab audio. That's why I did that. Okay. Um, I'm going to share my screen to show Astro Gold. And we can just jump right into the new moon in Aquarius chart. Um, so this new moon in Aquarius, um, the sun moves into Aquarius the day before, I believe, or two days before. The day before, yeah. Early morning. The Friday, that's Monday. Yeah. So we enter Aquarius season on Friday, Wednesday, the 20th. Um, wait, why does this say Thursday? Oh, because this is 2021. Um, we gotta, we gotta speed this baby up really quickly while you're doing that. I just wanted to point out a couple things that happen Wednesday before the new moon. Sure. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking. We should go back in time, but I'm looking at two years back. <laughs> so go ahead. That's February too. Yeah. Yes, that is February. Mercury is, Mercury is having fun with us today. <laughs> okay. So speaking of. Okay, this is the chart. <laughs> Mercury himself. So actually on Wednesday the 18th, Mercury is finally direct at eight degrees of Capricorn. Yeah. Less. Um, I'm sorry, I don't have exact times, but Wednesday we have Mercury stationing. So a lot of this trickster energy will diminish. Um, we still have the post-shadow period for like, hmm, like two weeks roughly. Um, yeah. So like leaning into the forward motion, but not getting too far ahead of ourselves, like giving ourselves time to integrate like what lessons or just mishaps showed up. Yeah, so I have the time here. It's um, 8.11 in the morning and then at 9.44 a.m. in the morning on Wednesday, um, the sun and Pluto align in their perfection, uh, their conjunction perfectly that morning. So, uh, yeah, we have Mercury stationing direct in Capricorn and the Sun and Pluto aligning in Capricorn. Um, what's really interesting is that Pluto is going to be moving into Aquarius this year. So this is one of the last Sun-Pluto conjunctions that we're going to feel in a really long time in Capricorn. So wherever you have Capricorn in your chart, um, this is a big area of like rethinking powerful transformations, almost like reclaiming your power. I know for me, in um, all the things that I'm doing, I'm bringing back my course. I'm 
you know, working with Alula, Alula to launch a new uh, Instagram page for the podcast. And her and I are working on revamping the podcast. And um, all of this stuff takes a lot of time and patience, but it requires um, transforming the way that we're doing things and also transforming our fears in relation to whatever it is that we're doing. So um, wherever you have Capricorn in your chart with a new moon that just passed and Mercury retrograde, um, there's just been a lot of rethinking and restructuring of things and coming into this new moon in Aquarius. Um, we're going to feel a lot of the pressure that's been in this area of our life uh, coming off. And hopefully there'll be a sensation of like completion or maturity that you feel as we move into Aquarius season. And um, this lunation also comes with Venus and Saturn conjunct um, in Aquarius while we have the new moon in Aquarius with Mercury conjunct the sun in Aquarius. So um, before we go forward, Alula, is there anything you want to say about this day on Wednesday coming up in two days? Yeah, I think uh, that was all very well said. I just the one other thing that's happening early, like in the morning, so pretty much overnight, but early morning Wednesday, we have the moon um, in Sagittarius opposing Mars in Gemini for the first time since Mars went direct. So it's just like a we, we saw this in our last episode too. There's just like a couple key days that are just very stacked. So um, yeah, wherever you're at in your astrological studies, I would just say like circle this upcoming Wednesday. Cause it's, it's going to be like a notable shift. Um, I guess I can share for me personally, like sun conjunct Pluto for the last time in my 12th house of Capricorn. Um, it feels very clear to me. There's just like certain narratives that have served my healing process that now it's time to like fully just let it go and like detach my identity from it. It's like, um, yeah, that's just like the 12th house energy that I'm personally feeling of it. Uh, but specifically like that moon opposite Mars too, I think is really helpful on this day because Sagittarius kind of provides us with a broader perspective and where Mars has been working really diligently in Gemini to show us uh, certain details of things. I think the moon, opposite Mars now that it's direct is kind of showing us how that can fit into the greater visions that we want to see come to life. Yeah, it's really interesting that you mentioned that because, uh, for example, I've been going to a farmer's market every single Wednesday. And every Wednesday, I don't have any business cards. I don't have any flyers. I just have like my astrology books and my computer. And I'm like, hey, I have like a tablecloth that's like full of astrology signs and people get it, you know? And I'm like, they're like, do you have a card? And I'm like, no, <laughs> we're working on that. <laughs> um, but if you want to join my mailing list, you know, like here's a piece of paper. And this upcoming Wednesday, I, I have all... Um, all new cards and everything and like my my website's going to be live and it just feels like everything's moving forward now mm. and there's a bit of like celebration with that opposition to mars and that energy of like okay like i can see that i i i'm i'm actually in the energy of running toward what i want or moving forward toward what i want um and it could even just be like creating more boundaries in your life i feel like for me a major thing that's theme that's been coming up in relationships um and me versus like my emotions and my relationships and how all that combines it's just like the need to focus on whatever it is that I am passionate about and whatever it is that I feel that I need to do and um like you said Alula like being really mature about um whatever like attachments we're having like whether it's like codependency or um just wanting someone to help you to do whatever it is you got to do and 
I feel like this Mars retrograde and Mars turning direct in Gemini, which is like the twins. So it feels like you kind of like want a twin that can kind of multiply you and help you create. I think a lot of that too is just um, finding that inner twin within yourself, like turning the devil on your shoulder into an angel and trying your best to stay like and navigate yourself in a direction that's very passionate and um, clear, you know, that's mercurial and like all the details that you have to get done. Um, as long as like your emotional center is pure, um, you could be a lot more productive. Um, so I think that that's really great advice for this week and this upcoming lunation um, with Mercury stationing direct to and Mars in a place where Mercury rules is just to like be as focused as you can and try not to get distracted by anything related to like fighting or creating warfare over things that ultimately or become just a distraction from what it is that you really want. Yeah. I love that too. Like what you just said about the twin being like within yourself. Um, or I think the way you and I are showing up today too, is like a beautiful example. And like the, the beautiful story you just told of the farmer's market, it's, it's also like letting yourself show up imperfectly and trusting that like revision happens along the way. Like you don't need absolutely everything to launch whatever it is you're inspired to do. Yeah, yeah, totally. That feels good. Great. Um, let me see if I can find the chart that I whoop. Hey there. <laughs> I'm trying to like keep you open and share my screen so I can see you and, and oh, you chart. can see me when you share. The chart's gone now, right? The chart's gone. I can see you when you're sharing screen. I, like you're a little thumbnail, but I can still see you. Okay. Uh, right. Get, get this baby back. Right. Um, I think I just yeah, have to go. Yeah, so, so all that's Wednesday. Um, so to Ooh. recap, we've got Mars opposite the moon, Mercury turning direct, and the sun and Pluto conjunct in Capricorn. Um, so this is fucking great news, though. Excuse my French, because now we have all the planets going direct after Wednesday. Um, so if you've been waiting to launch something or if you've been feeling like your business has been moving slow or there's been things that you just like are waiting to reach a tipping point, like this Wednesday, this week is that tipping point. Um, but of course there's going to be some adjusting and some, some working that we have to do. Like you said, the shadow period of Mercury is at least the next two weeks. Um, but yeah, it's exciting that we finally have all the planets direct. Um, Mars has been retrograde in Gemini um, for a long time. Exactly. I'm going to go see if I can pull up Mars's transits it's on the Astro Seek site. Oh, it pulled it up. It finally loaded. Oh, I went back. I know Mars has been retrograde on October 30th. Thank you. But it's been in Gemini since July. Yeah, so wherever Mars has been in your chart, uh, Gemini, um, since July, there's been like oh, sorry, a delay. July, but yeah, like I think August. A while. <laughs> a while. We can see. Let's go look. AstroSeek is a really great site for pulling up this kind of stuff. Um, just for those of you that are like, where do you find this information? Um, retrograde tables. I'm just going to go pull it up really quick. Uh, so it's good to know. Yeah, so Mars is retrograde the 30th of October, like you said. 
And of course it doesn't planetary cycles. Blah, blah, blah. So Mars has been in Gemini since March of 2021, which is what I thought. No. So March of 2021. Um, 2021. No, that was the last time it was in Gemini. It has to be. I'm going to share my screen here so we can look at it. What I'm looking at right now. Whoa. This is literally like show and tell in a in Stephanie and Alula's living room. This is how we this is how we do it. I have Mars entering Gemini on August 20th of 2022. But it's cool to look at the last time it was there cuz that's the last time it was in Gemini before retrograde, you know. I think you're muted again, my love. I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Okay. Could you see my screen? Yeah. Yes. So I was super excited because you can see uh, on a on a chart now just how long Mars is in Gemini, and it was from August of 2022, um, and it's going to leave Gemini in March of 2023. So that's like, it says 5.9 years. So a little bit over half a year, it was in that same place. Yeah. So yeah, definitely right. a huge opening. Um, and since August, um, we've been working with this energy of Mars being, you know, stuck there for a long, long time. Um, I know Mars is in my eighth house of taxes. And um, let's just say that I've really learned the importance of, handling my taxes and my debts and all of that in a way that like super, super uh, prevalent. Um, what about you, Lula? Where was this ret retrograde sitting? I'm just giggling because I'm like, I need to do my taxes. Um, yeah, whole sign, it was in my fifth house, which is quite fitting. That's like romance, um, childlike energy, creativity. So I think uh, mm -hmm. all three of those got really activated for me for sure. Just like reconsidering what I, what my wants are and what my desires are in, in the dating world. Um, mm. It's been really cool with the retrograde. I've been getting like reactivations of like old creative outlets. Um, like I started uh, the Zodiac collection of paintings that I, it's, it's actually really interesting. I, uh, they're all based off the style of a painting I did when Mars was in Gemini in I guess that was 2021 but I think it might have even been the previous time Mars was in Gemini so that's just cool like seeing what um continuations of a certain theme like you can amplify so yeah that's all notable and then also just finding my silliness again that's like part of Gemini's magic and healing is like it's a goofy sign you know it's brilliant but it's also silly um 
so yeah it's been fun to just be goofy and like a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah. That's funny because in the place of taxes for me, I'm just like, Oh, I have to pay attention to the details. And, but also like with the opening of my, my studio, like the people that come and study with me in person have the option of joining the Soma Veda Native American church. And instead of paying taxes, we provide donations to the Native American church. And that is how I, pay it forward and I'm choosing to um, work my capital differently so that um, yeah like a part of the reason why I have such resistance around taxes is just that there's a there's a lot of um, layers I've been listening to um, Santo Spinacci I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Santo Spinacci he's very famous on YouTube but also like whitelist blacklisted um, He's called Mr. Theology on YouTube, um, but he talks a lot about how like the Vatican like owns the world. And actually the Vatican was the like the original, I'm not really educated enough to like speak on this super eloquently because I've just been doing some research, but essentially um, the beginning of the Vatican um, began the last time that Uranus was in Aquarius. And the Vatican is what, according to Santos, um, his perspective, what he says is like, this is like the, the evil force that has created um, the controlling forces of the Catholic church and uh, the dissemination of astro theology and uh, paganism and um, created this whole taxing and banking and loaning system that enslaves all of us. And when we pay taxes, even in the United States or in the UK or in Australia, a portion of our taxes is going to pay back the Vatican. And there's, there's families of people that are still getting paid um, tax money from all around the world. And they have bank accounts that are trillions of dollars that could pay off the world debt and they don't. So it's just interesting that uh, Pluto was in Aquarius when this organization was founded and Pluto is about to enter Aquarius once again. So I think that there's like the opportunity for a new Vatican to begin, which we're seeing many different ways throughout the world, but also like a destruction of these systems and a more um, wholesome approach to creating Aquarian like community that's not based on enslavement. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah. I know I went on a tangent, but um, no, I love it. I love the realness. I, yeah, I think Mars and Gemini is showing us like more detailed information so that we can really see the reality of some of these structures that have been like hidden and subterfuge by people in power for ever. So, yeah, thank you for having the cojones to like, yeah, just say you. it right. Hey, That's He's blacklisted. You know, it's like one of those things where you have to like type the title of his video like word for word or it won't even come up because these softwares are analyzing everything we're saying and then categorizing its importance. And um, yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, babe. Just oh, no, it's all right. I, I was just going to leave off with this, this note to the public that um, if there's any way that you can, if it resonates with you, um redirect your business and your finances into um a community of indigenous people or 
um, people who have morals and values that you truly align with um, through a church. I know that sounds like um, radical or I don't know, like I feel like the word church has gotten such a bad rap with many of us like new age people because we know what these churches are doing. Um, but a community like Soma Veda, which I'm a part of, um, we, you know, they teach really great values and um, it's founded by Native American indigenous people. And this community likes to welcome all people so that all people can experience healing and restore us back to earth and um, traditional ways of living. So um, yeah, <laughs> if you buy a reading with me online, um, there is not really a system for donating. It's really on in person that's easier. But if you want to have a reading with me and you want to have your your readings be paid as a donation, uh, we can set that up. Just send me an email, and that helps me because I'm not paying my money to towards war, and and neither are you. And we're also supporting indigenous people, and um, yeah, the uprising of the the information that we're sharing. So. Yeah, God, I guess the Aquarius new moon, right? It feels relevant to Ex to talk about these things. Extremely, extremely. And I'm just, I'm grateful to you too for extending that to me as well. I know we're still in process getting things organized, but um, same goes for my readings through our Starry Alignment platform as well. Um, and I'm grateful to be like aligned and in integrity with that together because yeah, it feels good. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, yeah. Let's Very go back. Yeah, let's go back to the Aquarius new moon. Um, I'm going to let you start, Alula, because you're an Aquarius rising. I'm an Aquarius sun, so you and I are really going to have fun on this episode. Um, I know, it's our time. Um, do you want me to share my screen, or do you mind pulling it up? Oh, I can pull it up. I have it already. Um, I just, I was only sharing um, one video, one, like, place at a time. So let me hop back. Um, I would love, do you have the visual for the tarot? I can also pull it up online here. Um, I don't have the visual, but I know I'm gonna it's get it right now because I think that's so helpful. Um, what is it called? The tarot. So the card for the the new moon um, being mm -hmm. the first decan of Aquarius, it's five of swords. Um, which I think we had some placements. No, maybe not. But yeah, it's, I know it's five of swords. So uh, <laughs> five of swords is an interesting card. Like just the, the way I resonate with it. Um, Typically it's a time of like, to me, it's kind of a card of picking and choosing your battles. It's like, am I, is what I'm like stubbornly kind of like adhering to or advocating for, like, is it really worth the fight anymore? Like, where can I just kind of surrender? Um, that's the ultimate meaning that resonates for me personally, but we can dig in. I actually have my Sufi tarot. I would love to read what it says in here because it brings like a, a heartful perspective before you go ahead i just want to explain to those that are not aware of this technique where it's coming from what's going on so um the aquarius new moon is at the first degree of aquarius so we can look at um on this tarot wheel the tarot is innately connected to the decans in astrology and the decans in astrology are just dividing the 30 degrees of every sign into 10 degrees and each 10 degrees is, is ruled by a subplanet or like a co-ruler. Um, so Aquarius is ruled by Saturn, but its Deccan ruler within the first 10 degrees is Venus. And the tarot is a story of these planets and of the signs in their evolution. So 
Um, a lot of people might not notice that or realize that, but the tarot is innately talking about astrology, but through a different, like more uh, broad symbol symbolic system. So um, the first decan ruled by Venus is connected to the five of swords. And now Lula was going to read what the five of swords means in tarot to give us more information about what this first decan or first 10 degrees of Aquarius means along the hero's journey. Okay, I muted. Sorry. Um, I just want to find the card in my Tarot of the City deck because uh, I really like the artistic depiction on this one. And then I'll read from this, um, the Sufi Tarot, their, their take on it. But yeah, here we go. So in my Tarot of the Sheed deck by uh, Emily Carding, the art is, it's called this, so the, the name of the Five of Swords in this deck is called Hope Discarded. And what I think is interesting, it's like the figure, this being is like voluntarily dropping their sword. Um, it's definitely like a card of like a little bit of conflict, but it's interesting that the the sub ruler of this Deccan is Venus. So there's like a harmony through the conflict, I want to say. But let's read what the Sufi Tarot has to say. Um, the Five of Swords is without a doubt, <laughs> that's funny, a card of conflicts, arguments, and hostility. It alludes to meanness and people indulging in callous, hurtful behavior. The Sufis, however, invite us to consider the outer being a reflection of the inner. Without blaming or judging ourselves, if we find ourselves consistently wronged, it can be helpful to ask, how do our inner thoughts shape our outer reality? Sometimes there's a harsh voice of slander within. Our uncharitable thoughts about ourselves then attract the same from the outside world. Um, when this card appears for you, you're being led to the Sufi practice of tafakur or reflection to meet the shadow within your inharmonious thoughts and impressions about yourself. There are often distortions within our unconscious mind that must be cleared for us to connect with our natural harmonious state. Oh, I'm getting like activation. Excuse me. Whew. These distortions come in the form of our self-image, limiting beliefs and feelings of guilt and inadequacy, uh, which then manifest outward. Remember, this is not an exercise in blaming yourself. Rather, it is meant to help you identify and remove the impressions that do not serve you from your mind. As the Sufi poet Rumi writes, the pot drips what is in it. That's so good. The pot drips what's in it. Um, so yeah, that's beautiful. I think too, like whenever I've had big five of swords energy show up in my life, it's exactly that. It's like, how do you hold your ground of what you know to be true inside. And like, if you're truly doing that more often than not, like the conflict isn't even necessary. Yeah, that's kind of what I was saying about this culmination, like lesson that this new moon is like seeding. Like, I feel like every new moon and full moon, the new moon is a seed, the full moon is the flower. So in order to create the seed, we're creating it from the compost of the previous Lunation. And the compost that's been coming up is like more focus on yourself, less projection of who needs to change in order to serve you better. So the pot, the pot drips. What did it say? The pot, the pot drips what's in it. The pot drips what's in it, right? So if the you are projecting, sorry. <laughs> if you're projecting that, you know, something's wrong or X, Y, Z, 
you're going to experience that. So just just really focusing like the wand, the uh, the sword is an is a knife, and whenever you're dealing with knives, like you need to be be careful not to cut yourself or other people. And Venus is the planet that rules five, five of swords. And um, Venus rules relationships and how we see other people and how we take care of ourselves and how we regard our beauty and the beauty that we can create in the world while holding five swords in this case, right? So um, yeah, I mean, imagine like trying to hold five swords in your hand. I feel like the the immediate thing you would do is just call upon someone to hold the swords for you. Like, hey, can you give me a hand? And the person outside is like, no, that's yours to carry. And you're like, you get mad at them. No, 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 that is yours to carry. So the, the sooner that you accept the swords that you're carrying and you learn how to juggle them, the more beautiful you become, the more radiant you become, the more, you know, um, efficient you are with what it is you're carrying. So, yeah, that's really interesting. Mm, that's beautiful. Sorry, I didn't mean that I just got silly earlier. That Gemini energy I was talking about. But yeah, the pot drips what's in it. If you like are like, oh, shoot, I left my soup on the stove for like two days and it's like gross. It's going to drip that versus if you're like, I'm making like rose tea and that drips. You're like, ooh, blessings. <laughs> you know? uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so coming back to this new moon in Aquarius, um, I want to pull up some sheets of what Aquarius means. Um, some research that I've done and just compiled um, that I use all the time with my clients. Um, you guys get to see behind the scenes here. Um, I just made these new babies, so I'm super excited. Here it is. All my fonts are updated. So oh, hopefully you can see my screen. Um, and if we just go onto this chart of the quick guides to the signs, Aquarius is the water bearer and symbol. Um, its nature is to be dineural, um, which means um, ruled by the sun or yang expression. Um, it's fixed energy and it is the element of air. Um, it's Expressions of spirit are to be intellectual, opinionated, unemotional, intelligent, humanitarian, idealistic, scientific, ingenious, categorical, detached, independent, futuristic, rebellious, objective, philanthropic, as we talk about changing where you're putting your taxes and where you're donating your money, and how we have the ability to change that if we so choose. Um, being observant, um, inventive, and it also relates to the new age. So these are some of the themes that will come around um, for this Aquarius new moon. Um, what the season is all about, it's all about independence and being rebellious in some way and creating innovation in our life in a way that is really ingenious and something that we've all been waiting for. So wherever you have Aquarius in your chart, this area of your life is going to be going through that revolutionary change and I find that with Aquarius, like the changes that come about are not instant. <laughs> like some of these signs, like you notice it right away. And some of the things like it, it's like a it's like a domino that tips over this season. And it just keeps allowing things to fall because this season is ruled by Saturn and Saturn is 
the slowest moving planet and so rules 30-year cycles um so these changes are something that are more like impactful on a 30-year grand scale um i know for me this new moon is in my fourth house of home and family and I'm about to open a studio in my new hometown and is going to help me to buy the land that I want to build and all of the things, but it's not going to happen right away. It's going to change things in my, my home life um, immediately. Uh, and the things that I want to see get more, um, I guess, controllable there or come to a bloom, come to a blossom, come to a point of like perfection and maturity. I'm not really going to see that until six months from now when we have the full moon in Aquarius. So Alula, um, how does it feel coming up on this uh, new moon in your first house? Um, I know that behind your ascendant, um, but yeah, how does it feel? Full sign first house, yeah. Um, it feels good. I guess I want to point out too, this is the last time we get an Aquarius new moon while Saturn's there. Um, yep. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's big. Um, for me personally, it's, you know, first house, new moon. I just finished my Saturn return. Like we're still in the tail end of it, but the apex of it is dissipating. So I love what you said of like Saturn and like Aquarius, things don't necessarily manifest instantly, but I do think it's really interesting that modern astrology puts Uranus as like the co-ruler because it's yeah. like Saturn makes us build and build and build. It's almost like a, a mantra that was taught to me like in my the lifetime that I did acting was like set it and forget it like you memorize your stuff and then you kind of throw it out the window and then it's almost like Uranus comes along with that lightning strike and it's like all of a sudden everything you've worked for does come to fruition but it takes time it's like it comes instantly when it does but it's not immediate yeah, like the opening of the studio is is instant. <laughs> Even you coming online as an astrologer on on my platform and being available to the community, you know, your personality being seen like overnight. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, like, like it will, it will take time, but it's happening right away. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it feels like the start of something where we begin to become like ingenious in that area of our life. In that area of expertise and wherever we have Aquarius in our chart, it's literally like how we help and serve humanity because to be philanthropic, which, which it means to give back to other people. It means to realize our responsibility to the world. So wherever we have Aquarius in our chart, that is essentially like where we uh, naturally feel inclined to give back and how we give back. Um, and we all do that in different ways. So yeah, like for me, I'm opening like a physical real estate location where people can come and learn astrology and, um, you know, honor our ancestors. And for you, there's like um, other parts of your identity that are starting to sprout up and be embraced by your daily life. Um, yeah, I think <laughs> just for fellow people with like heavy Aquarius placements, I think this is also a time where people are finally starting to recognize the wisdom we have, like what, what was once collectively perceived as like, uh, what's the eccentric or just like quirky or just not necessarily relevant. All of a sudden Saturn showing like humanity, like this is exactly what we need right now. So I just want to mm -hmm. shout out anyone with strong Aquarius placements, like, your unique perspective is really needed right now. So just trusting and stepping out and speaking it. 
Yeah, I think it's interesting too. I would love to hear your thoughts specifically as well, my Persephone. Um, <laughs> but this new moon is like, it's technically conjunct Pluto, but out of sign. Mm -hmm. And Pluto, I just think it's interesting, like a new moon conjunct Pluto, it's almost like Pluto's in the darkness. Like we don't have the light of the moon showing us Pluto. It's kind of like um, an undercurrent or like subliminal frequency. Yeah, well, I think that there's um, like almost like a partnership that's going on between what we fear and what we must do. Um, <laughs> like um, whatever it is that we fear um, is a very thing that is going to be the medicine or um, it's almost like the, the, the transformation that's happening is connected to a seed that is so brand new. There's something very new that we're having to to try. And it's something that we've been ruminating on for a very long time because Aquarius is ruling those 30 year cycles, longer term cycles. Um, it rules our karma, Saturn, which rules the sign is the Lord of karma. And so um, whatever it is that we're starting anew, um, there's going to be fears that are connected to it, but um, overcoming those fears and knowing that you can, you can be stronger, you can, um, experience liberation and choosing things that allow you to have that liberation. Like for me, uh, I'm teaching morning uh, sunrise meditation when uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays um, starting next week. And I was like worried that I would wake up late and um, miss my class. Cause I'm not really a morning person. But I know that waking up early is going to be really healthy for me. And it's really healthy for all of us to wake up and get that morning sunrise sunlight on our face and on our skin and to meditate first thing in the morning before we do anything. Um, so even though it's a habit myself that I need to get into, um, rather than just like putting it aside and being like, oh, I'm not ready. I can't do it. I'm going to wake up late. I restricted my schedule instead of five days a week. I'll do it three days a week. And um on Mondays and every other day outside of that, I'll wake up really early and I will teach myself, I can do this. It's really just an energy of like, I can do it. I, I can transform this thing. I, I also have been having trouble like breathing in the left side of my body behind my shoulder. And I have been feeling like this is never gonna go away. And I started taking enzyme therapy and it's been clearing up so much um, congestion that I've had in my head for God only knows how long. And now I can breathe in the back of my body. So it's like things that we feel that we can never heal or we can never master, um, that we don't have control over. I think that this new moon is standing, Pluto is standing right behind it. And it, it can really scare us. It can really like cause us to break into old um, addictive or unsupportive habits, you know, or we can think strategically about how can I overcome this? Like, what does Saturn, what is Saturn guiding me to? Like what have been suggest what has been suggested to me by those in my community? And how can I also lean on my community to experience the change that I know that I need? Um, so yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. There was so much there. Thank you for that. I think, yeah, just especially like fear and desire as like they're collaborators. Like I think if we're if we're fearing something we're desiring, that's just like a big indication that we are in fact daring to dream big enough because if you're not like somewhat afraid of what you desire 
I mean, not that everything has to be like big and backed by fear, but when we're talking about Aquarius as like a sign of the visionary, when we're talking about our really visionary desires, like what timelines we want to see in our life. Um, yeah, I think just asking yourself, it's like, am, am, if I'm not afraid, like, am I really daring to think big enough? Yeah, that's a good point. Exactly. And one degree, like it's a beautiful, like early degree Aquarius. So like we're setting the tone for like quite some time. Yeah, I want to look up with everyone um, some of the meanings of Saturn because I think just to expand on this new moon and what's going on, we can look at the Venus Saturn conjunction going on. Um, yeah, that's the next day. Um, yeah. So here is a here's like a table of the planets and what, what what's going on here. And um, Saturn is about and it's in each sign for about three years, and it takes about thirty years for it to complete its cycle. Um, it is a planet that rules boundaries, commitment, maturity, authority, focus, um, work, foundation, misfortune, stagnation, procrastination, rejection, opposition, uh, restriction, struggle, discipline, and perseverance. Um, whereas Venus rules attraction, cooperation, harmony, union, pleasure, love, social interaction, seduction, artistic expression, aesthetic, sensitivity, passion, investments, self-indulgence, and envy, relationships, and creativity. So these two planets are, are fusing together their energy under this new moon. And the very next day, they come into an alignment perfectly. And this is the last time that we're going to have a new moon in Aquarius and also Venus coming into a conjunction with, Aquari with Saturn in Aquarius. Um, I don't know if I just said that wrong. What I'm trying to say is that um, this is the last new moon and Venus conjunction with Saturn while Saturn is in Aquarius. Um, yeah. So all of the things related to like our artistic expression and our discipline are being challenged right now. So um, I know someone really close in my life um, just let go of a job that has been associated with their identity for like five years. And um, it feels like, the, 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 the challenge is like, I, there's this knowing that what is going on in that person's life is not a, a natural and enjoyable expression of their creativity, their resources, their life force. And so they have been forced um, by the will of God and by their intuition to just say, I have to put this down and I need to do things that are more a true uh, mature expression of my gift as a human being and what I love to do and my creative expression. And I think that this Venus Saturn conjunction is bringing that alive for everybody, but just in a different way, depending on where you have this Aquarius energy in your birth chart. Beautifully said. Yeah. It's like everyone's an innovator and this is just showing like, you'll never be as innovative as you're capable if you don't dare to put yourself in the path of like, your vision, your get your gifts. And I love how you said, like, um, I forget how you worded it. It was beautiful, but just essentially like, uh, don't get in the way of God with like, if you're shrinking yourself to fit a role that you're not meant to be like, this is it. This is, this is it. Step out. Like, yeah. Get, I think like Saturn and Venus, it's like, how can you be disciplined in your desire and how can you trust the integrity of like what you seek to create? And especially if it's something intended to like better humanity in the world. Yeah, do it. 
Exactly. That's what's been a huge motivation for me in my life. It's just like <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing is not even it's about me, but it's not. It's not about me. It's not. <laughs> it's not. It's about it's about other people and then how that affects other people. It's all a chain reaction, right? So the more that we live in our heart, the more that it inspires other people to live in their heart and whatever intrinsic knowledge that we have or the knowledge that we're trying to expand, as long as it's to support and benefit society, like it feels so much more fulfilling than just, you know, all ego. Yeah. Yeah, I think that very realization too, like helps, I know for myself, like that's helped me come out of hiding and like show myself because it's, it's like you said, it's not about me. Like I can be afraid, but it's not about me. Like we have, we all, every single soul on this earth has something they're born to contribute. Yeah. I just want to go back. I'm, you know, I feel like it's helpful to see like a a real professional like looking at references because this is a lot of data like there's a lot of data exactly. right but it can help us to like use tables and things to ground what we're what we're looking at um so i just want to go back to the idea that aquarius is the season of like us realizing that we're all human and that um we begin to become like more sensitive to how we can use science which sometimes is like separates us and makes us seem very robotic like how can we bring the human nature back into our exploration of science i mean even just seeing like psilocybin becoming um mainstream and like that was i think in capricorn season that a lot of that at least in the news was starting to like buzz around and now i'm sure there are like experiments that are happening and they're going to expand and change the world during aquarius season so yeah, I just, um, it's this combination of like doing things for the world, but also being independent and detached from the world while we're at it. It's like, we're thinking of the future. Um, and that we we can't, we can't just wait around for someone else to create the change that we want to see. We have to do that within ourselves. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's interesting too, just timing. Like I just met someone that is in process of like, they're like recruiting their team in preparation for the legalization of psilocybin in the state of New Mm -hmm. Jersey. And so they're like gathering their troops and like resources just so they're ready. So when it's, when the doorways open, they're like, they're like, we're already here. Like, um, so I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Just aligned. Um, I would love to see what decan this conjunction's in. Oh, because that makes me think of like what you're saying and how that might be related because it's relationships, right? Like our relationships are meeting Saturn in a way. So it's like very business oriented, very serious. Like I feel like even in our discussions, Alula, like the people that we're choosing to relate to, like we're having to be very uh, selective, but to protect them and to protect ourselves and to create things that last. Yeah. And I think with, with Saturn and Venus too, there's a little bit of like, uh, there is a sense of like finality in a way, I think of like, pardon my French, but like shit or get off the pot kind of energy. <laughs> Cause it's like, you're either like dedicating to up leveling or you're you're not. And if you're not, that's okay. It's just like being honest with yourself. I think that's coming back to that five of swords energy a little bit too. 
Um, but yeah, sorry, the Deccan. So Venus and Saturn are going to conjunct Sunday, the day after the full moon. So Sunday, the um, 22nd and the third Deccan of Aquarius. Yeah. So seven of swords. Um, I'm trying to think if I have a book here. It's really interesting. Seven of swords is not, not one of my favorite cards. I'll be honest. Uh, it's typically a card of like subterfuge. Like, um, we have to be careful with the seven of swords energy that we're being really honest and there's not like hidden information flying around or just being mindful of like deceit. And I think just on that energy of deceit, it's not always like malintended. It can be. Um, I think if if you're picking up on malintentional vibes, like the, with Saturn, like there is a little bit of like a warning sign there. But if it's not, there can also just be like innocent um, overlooking of information that needs to be shared or spoken. And it's interesting that the sub ruler of this Deccan is the moon because it's like how in all of this like more rigid Saturnian energy do we find that connection to the moon ruling our emotions? So I think maybe the seven of swords here, I've never looked at it this way, but maybe the seven of swords here is showing us like how can we find that honest connection between our like our heart centered emotions and the Saturnian like factual kind of logic and not lie to ourselves about like how those energies within us want to intermingle. Like maybe there's something really mental that you're leaning into being decisive on, but if you're not consulting your heart space, um, is it really logical? Mm. Like emotions, emotions can be logical, right? They're not necessarily opposite. Yeah, it's interesting how the Yang expression of Saturn the final expression of Yang Saturn is the moon. Mm. Because it's like, whatever it is that you know you need to be mature on or you need to make a decision with or you need to be firm with or you need to be considerate about so that the, the future is protected, it is, it is regarded by how it makes you feel. Oh, thank you for your medicine. This is just hitting me personally really hard because my sun not my sun sorry my moon my saturn and my rising are all in this decan of aquarius so that like my moon placement has always felt a little wonky in aquarius but this is just giving like another layer of understanding for me personally so thank you just processing <laughs> oh i'm so glad i i really love that we get to like talk deeper because you've said so much too today that it's like just really eloquent and supportive um, in this discussion about what's going on here. Um, I just pulled a little tarot deck that I have. Um, it's the Merrill, the Merrill tarot. What's her last name? Merrill. Meryl you have a Merrill tarot? How funny is this? I got this at, I got this at um, TJ Maxx on discount. I was like a Merrill Street look. They have like her head. Like, <laughs> It's quite funny. And it's really cool because I didn't realize she's in a lot of movies. Like every single card is a movie character that she's played and they associate it with the tarot, which is super interesting. Um, so this is the picture of Meryl Streep in the movie. Oh, come on, I can't say that. The Manchurian Candidate. Eleanor Shaw is the character which you were talking about like making decisions or saying things that need to be said or making decisions 
um, that are like emotionally grounded. And um, she's got all the swords on the table and she's playing this game of chess. She's got the mudra that you do when you're trying to not be distracted emotionally and to be focused in your energy. Um, a lot of people who play chess use this mudra, um, which if you can't see it, you just combine your fingers like this and point up. This helps you to focus your mind. Um, and then the two swords are right next to her. So she seems like really confident and like she can um, make make the decisions that she needs to. She's not afraid. Look at, she's got that like, you can't really see on the camera, but her eyebrows are like, she's like looking real serious. So I just wanted to share that they don't actually have any descriptions in this deck. They just share her, I guess the description is to watch the movie. How fucking genius is that? So if you wanna watch the matcher and candidate with uh, Meryl Shrape, Shreep, Meryl Shreep, 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 Shreep. Who's the author of the deck? Um, Meet this, this human, like, so cool. So this is a product of the Smith Street Gift, and the artist is Chantelle de Socha. Yeah, it says, please note, this product is not associated or authorized by Meryl Streep. We just really love her. <laughs> yeah, it's just like a cool energy. Like, like Meryl Streep in like the theater community, like just at, among actors, like she is God, dude. Like, exactly. Yeah. So it's just they like, made a tarot cool. deck about her. Yeah. Goals. I was like, I have to get this deck because like, what a better way to like relate to the story of the tarot than to like watch a movie. How cool that like there's a woman in history that has like enough career under her belt to actually associate with the entire hero's journey. It's amazing. It's crazy. Um, it's just interesting too, like uh, that that you pointed out the expression on her face. It's almost like the the quality of like a poker face. So I think with this card too, just discerning like in your interactions with other people, like you can feel when someone is just really being like bare and open and forthright, but you can also feel when people are like withholding pieces. So just like, just being mindful in your interactions, especially with like Saturn Venus energy talking about relationship. Um, I think too, like knowing which questions you need to ask for yourself, like what asking someone to turn over their cards, you know? Mm. Um, can I read a little bit from the Sufi? Yeah, excuse me. Um, seven of Swords is a strong indicator that something is wrong, that someone is choosing the path of deceit and engaging in uh, weaselly behavior. The energy is one of sneakiness. In our card, we see a man who has stolen valuable swords and is running away with them. From the Sufi, Sufi perspective, he has fallen prey to his lowest self, the animalistic part of the ego, uh, ego called Nafs Alamara which is basic self-gratification irrespective of the cost to others. Before him are two paths, a straight light-filled one and a dark crooked one. As he chooses the dark one, an inward spiraling descent begins within his soul. Um, and then, yeah, it says, when this card appears for you, please remember you're not being asked to point fingers at others, but to examine your own choices. So I think that's it too with like, uh, all of that Mars Gemini energy, there has been a lot of like scattered focus on like what's outside of us. And yeah, this card is, we talked about this earlier. It's just funny how the themes are always so like divinely intermingled. Um, yeah, just uh, if we can't control how forthright other people are, we can show up 
truthfully, honestly, forthright and avoid this, like, especially with Saturn, that integrity is present. Like we don't need, if, if our desires are truly given to us by God, like we don't need deceit or trickery to get them. Yeah. Nothing is in the way of miracles is what I want to say. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. What I was going to say is that another theme that's been coming up is to allow the things that you want to happen. Mm-hmm. Like if you want something to happen and it's not happening, create more space and patience for it to come instead of like filling the future with frustration. That's been like a really big, a really big uh, lesson for me personally. Um, yeah. Right. It's also asking us to like rise out of scarcity because like in the Sufi uh, explanation, it just said like the, the man like stole the sword. So it's like, I want those swords, but they're not coming to me. I'll just steal them. Like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I could ramble about this card all day because it's just like powerful energy. So I'll put a pin in it. Well, it's it's helpful because I feel like that's this is how we unpack some of these degrees and what they mean and and the social dynamics that we might be moving into. Um, so I think that Saturn is one of like the ultimate. Every planet leads in its own way, but Saturn is like this, like especially in Aquarius, like this divine masculine. Um, very dominant force of like control and action. Um, But the action is through like embodiment. Um, It's through like kingliness. And, um, you know, as we create the things in our life, that's why I was saying like, oh, I'm afraid I'm not going to wake up early for my yoga class. Like, okay, so then you, I create something so that I can master myself, you know, like I don't, I don't succumb to the the fear that I just can't do it. You know, it's like, we have to, we have to like do things that we know we're meant to be doing. And yeah, I guess like Saturn is, is the one that teaches us from our own karma. So if there's things that you've been repetitively like struggling with, it's time that we, we figure out a way to master it instead of like letting it continue to consume us. Like there have been addictions and patterns that I no longer am consumed by. Um, one of them being cannabis. Um, and I shared with us on the last podcast, like a talk that I listened to that completely changed my perspective on cannabis and why I'm choosing to no longer use it so frequently. Um, but I never thought that I would be so free of it. But, um, you know, we can definitely create systems and experiences in our life where we're free of these things. We just have to find, we have to educate ourselves or find support to redirect. So I think that's where the relationship aspect comes in as well. I think relationships inspire us to lead in the way that we know that we need to. Like, I want to get up at six, yes, for myself, but also because I know that people in this room will benefit from it as well. So it's like the... The, the, the relationship outside of me that I know is going to benefit from me stepping into my leadership um, is a big source of my motivation. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, uh, I'm just noticing that this new moon is going to be sextiling Jupiter almost to the degree. It's in like a three degree orb. Um, you can see my screen, right? 
you can yeah. see us in the chart. I finally got it. So like you can see all of us at once. Um, yeah, but this sextile over to Jupiter, I think is gonna be really helpful and um, expansive. And there's gonna be this desire to like act very, like not quickly, but like the quick action is going to happen naturally because we have Mars direct, Mars ruling the place that Jupiter is in, Mercury's direct. Um, so we have all these planets direct and all in ownership and, and rulership of Saturn um, because Mercury is, is a sign that rules Saturn, is in a sign that is ruled by Saturn. And then we have Venus, new moon in Aquarius. So um, like I said, like Saturn is kind of leading the way. It's this major source of leadership. Um, but with all this energy also in this uh, Jupiter and Aries, uh, Mars in Gemini, there's this whole, what do you call like a, a triad rulership happening between Mercury, Mars, Jupiter, um, the action, the speaking, the philosophy, the way that we want to play, the way that we want to relate is really coming to life under this new moon. Yeah. It's interesting too, like, um, uh, it's technically the next day that Uranus stations direct and then we're truly like all planets forward motion. But yeah. I think it's like very divinely timed that the new moon, the imprint of this new moon, Uranus is still retrograde. So it's like, we're like opening this. I'm just picturing us as horses. I don't know why horse girl energy, <laughs> but it's like the stable doors are opening, but we're still like, there's still like maybe like one tether or like our saddles not like fully on yet. Like there's still that one last, not quite yet, but get yourself ready for it. Yeah. So thank you for pointing out like the sextile to Jupiter too. It's, it's building. Yeah. I wonder what the software says about that aspect. Um, we can go to the moon. It says the moon sextile Jupiter. You like to take the opportunity to be generous and kind. You have an optimistic approach to life. Um, this is why it's like a positive. Ooh, this is going to be kind of sweet. It adds like a little bit of softness to this energy. Um, sun sextile Jupiter. It feels good. If this is a feel good influence in your birth chart, indicating that you know how to have fun and experience good times. You have opportunities for contentment and popularity. You may also get plenty of chances to expand your mind. A little adventure can appeal when you feel it is in your best interest. So yeah, adventure on this new moon, change, expansion, a new way of approaching abundance, um, especially in the idea that it can happen quickly because we have Jupiter in Aries. Also conjunct Chiron, the wounded healer. So maybe some of the ways that we thought like we would never experience healing. Like I know for me, this is in my place of my sixth house of daily routine. And um, in running a yoga studio, which is the dream of my life, I finally get to like have a daily routine that I feel is so me. And um, yeah, I look forward to seeing it happen. Uh, where do you have Aries in your chart, my love? And how do you feel like it's showing up? Yeah, the whole sign, it's my third house, um, yeah. where my Venus is as well. So um, I definitely have noticed since Jupiter went direct, like I've spent more time with my brother, the third house ruling siblings, and his amazing wife. Like I've just gotten to spend more quality time with them. Um, really like feeling a, a sense of destiny and like meeting new people in my local environment, just like stepping out a little bit more, embracing my neighborhood. 
um, yeah, that's all been great. Like I'm feeling more called to utilize my energy for like mini local kind of adventures rather than like feeling a more ninth house wanderlust to like go somewhere crazy and new. It's more just like, let me explore the nooks and crannies of what's in my own backyard. Mm, yeah. So there's like inspiration to change this area of our life. And we feel maybe more optimistic about it. Maybe a little sensitive too, that like, there might be something that goes wrong or we might like, like overextend or, or be too optimistic. So that's something to be really wary of. I know for me, like I was thinking I'm going to do sunrise yoga Monday through Friday, and I'm going to do classes every single night of the week. And I, I had to realize through this retrograde Mercury retrograde, like, Oh no, no. I'm done teaching classes at four 30 and I'm doing sunrise yoga three times a week. Like, so with Jupiter, it can really be easy to like, just give way, give like a lot. So, um, you know, be, be wary of that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to note about this, uh, this new moon? I mean, Uranus is conjunct the North node. So it feels like whatever it is that we're moving toward, especially where we have Uranus in our uh, Uranus Taurus in our birth chart is uh, pretty important. Um, that area of our life is like the guiding force for everything else. Um, that's that's happening yeah I think it's interesting too like the just going back to some of that five of swords seven of swords energy it feels like uh now that Mars is direct too like there could maybe be a last hope for things we've been desiring to manifest that maybe we're like this close to just giving up on but it's I think there's an element of patience which we said at the start of this with the Aquarius energy but um yeah, just maybe a smaller element of patience of like just seeing things through to the last possible um, opportunity for them to manifest. So like a sense of holding the vision. Yeah, because Mars is still in Gemini until March. Yeah, so we've got we've got February, April, wait, February, March. So it's just not it's not that far away. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's not that far away, but it's definitely, um, yeah, it's so funny. Cause I know that like the taxes and things that I'm sorting out, like give me two months and it'll be done. <laughs> it's funny, but it, it requires that much time. But I think it's uh, very helpful to give ourselves that kind of like frame of mind because, you know, um, we've been kind of like herded into believing that things need to be a certain way or get done with a certain sense of urgency and there's a right way and a wrong way and if things are wrong then like they need to be fixed immediately and if they're not fixed then you're like not a good human being and I think that um by using astrology it allows us to um kind of reframe our pace with things and uh, what is more of a priority what is like seemingly more pre like where there's more pressure and uh, how we can how we can honor that. Hi, Gaia. Yeah. Um, that was beautifully said. I'm sorry. She was like looking over like she wanted to be in the frame. So here we are. <laughs> yeah, I feel complete on like the new moon itself, but I would love to just peek at the next day, that Sunday, when some of these things do, we have like quite a few transits. And yeah. um, love, I'm sorry, I realized I added more transits and I just sent you like the updated list of a couple more things I had added. Great. Um, 
so yeah, we talked about Uranus goes direct that next day, Sunday, the 22nd, after the new moon, the Venus conjunction to Saturn perfects that Sunday and the Mercury trying to the North node, all of that perfects the day after this new moon. So it's also quite the weekend we have coming up. Mercury trying the North node. Um, I'm curious what the software has to say about that. I know it usually does North node aspects. It's only talking about the South node sextile, but um, yeah. this is on Astro Gold, you guys. If you if you if you're looking for a software, I find Astro Gold to be really great, uh, easy to use. Um, so Astro Gold says that the sextile to the South node slash trying to the north node you are destined to develop your talents for communication this can be through writing making speeches training sales or teaching whether you are pursuing this gift privately of public or publicly your ability to express yourself is a gift that brings you joy you are also likely to enjoy short journeys traveling on the roads news social media and even a little gossip these forms of connecting with others help you achieve your purpose in life. Synchronicities play an important role in your life journey at this time. You need to only observe the signposts. Mm. Uh, yeah, so like any aspects to the nodes are like faded things and whatever planet is in relation to that is gonna flavor it. So Mercury rules communication, writing, talking, training, um, learning. So I know for me, I'm, a, I'm, I'm on both sides. I think whatever we're teaching, we're always learning. <laughs> Um, but yeah, there might even be something you've been learning that you feel like you're coming to a completion with, or that you're coming to master a little bit more. I, I've been learning how to sew and, um, I'm feeling like not so timid anymore. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Um, Alula, how, how is this like speaking for you in your life? If you feel like you've been just feeling like more of an urge to communicate, write or express, yeah, I think just a lot of the, uh, I'm just, I feel like I'm not holding back as much. Mm. I'm not necessarily going out of my way to like instigate, but when people come to me, I don't, I'm not like biting my tongue in the way I used to. Um, and all of that feels really good. I'm curious yeah. to look like right now, I think the, because of the, it was a new moon. So I think we had it under a natal chart, but is there a way to toggle this to an event chart? I'm just curious if the software description, like how that might shift. Um, it's very similar. I usually just um, just use the natal relation that it speaks of. Let's see. I'm just curious if that does anything, but. Wait, it didn't change. Um, edit chart, event. That's weird. So it's still categorizing it as a, as a uh, event. So let me see if I can change this. You can see that I'm changing the setting, right? Yeah, no worries. It's all good. Um, I feel like that. We got a lot across with that. Yeah. Yeah. I find that, you know, it, it is like speaking about a person and like an identity that's developing. Um, like it's like the description of what a person would be like if they were born under this energy. Um, but still, you know, like it, it's almost like 
how are we embodying that in the present as we are born and every breath we take? Yeah. 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 Especially with the new moon. Yeah. Okay. So we have, um, we talked about Venus conjunct Saturn, Uranus direct. Do you have any other thoughts on that before we move forward? Um, I would love to hop over and check out. Um, let's see. Now I'm like really curious about these progressions. Maybe at the end we can come back to the progressed lunar cycle because I really want to create some clarity around that. Um, so let's look at um, Uranus's cycle. Um, so we can see like how long Uranus has been here. What what is the energy like when it's turning direct? I wonder how long it'll take to load, but. Um, yeah, I mean, this is going to be the last couple of months that we have. Um, well, no, I'm just kidding. I'm thinking of Pluto moving into Aquarius. Um, Uranus will be here for a minute. Um, but I think Uranus does move in. Come on. Yeah, let me see here. So. Oh, this is starting in 2010. Hey, so Uranus has an 83-year cycle. So Uranus doesn't move for quite some time. Uranus is going to move into Gemini in 2025. So, I mean, Uranus has been in Taurus since 2018 and will be here until 2025. Why does that feel? Oh, because the North Node joined Uranus. So Uranus will be in Taurus for 7.3 years. Um which in comparison, if you see like the upcoming cycles, um, Uranus moves pretty quickly through these signs and then it slows down again in 2072. So um, this is one of the longer cycles of Uranus's transits, um, but the North node being in Taurus definitely like amplifies this energy. Um, I think that it turning direct within a couple degrees of the North node, is just like very important because the North node is going to move into um, Aries later this year and no yes yeah right That's yeah wild, dude I feel like the Taurus exactly. flew by but yeah yeah I guess I was like for I'm like in denial because it's going to be my sixth house of bad fortune so I'm just like oh an eclipse there it sounds fun um, but it's always good it's always good to kind of experience a cleaning in every area of life. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go ahead, love. I feel like that's kind of like, it's interesting too, just like it's Uranus is stationing like pretty much exactly at the middle of Taurus too. So I think mm -hmm. just seeking to see where we can like clean as a means of elevating our more literal resources. And then of course, like looking at what house this, this falls in for you, um, for me in whole sign, it's my fourth house of home, which makes sense. There's been a lot of like confusion and like back and forth about my, my, my place of living. Um, mm. it feels like, yeah, there has almost been an energy of like, in order to maintain my sacred space, I have to keep elevating it. I have to keep reaffirming it. So that's how it's manifesting for me. Um, yeah. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, um, definitely same. Um, this area of my life has been business partners and marriage. And um, it's been, it's been a really great 
learning lesson in that area of my life, um, especially in, you know, maintenance and in maintaining and um, rather than like lightning strike, burning things to the ground, suddenly like turning, turning the page on things. Um, I've learned that steady is, is needed as much as there's like desire to innovate and desire to make things better all the time. Um, creating that steadiness um, has been really important, but I think that Mercury stationing direct it's like whatever whatever place you have in your chart where taurus is um there's something that's impacting that area of your life like i think for me and my marriage and my business partners um what's happening in my business and my my community center that i'm creating is uh, it's like a direct impact to my marriage and and being being accountable to being a good wife and being a good partner. And even with you, Lula, as my other primary business partner, um, there's been a lot of work that you and I have been doing, um, you know, as friends, but also as business partners. And I have business partners around the world too that have been helping me. And there's been like people, um, shout out to, um, let me see her last name, Madri. Madri, if you're listening, she probably isn't, but I love you, Madri. Madri Martinez in Dominican Republic, uh, Denise Trancoso. Um, they've been really helpful to me in, um, in creating what I'm working on now, too. So um, kind of like spontaneous things showing up, but in my case, relationships, business partners that are just showing up. So um, I think it's going to continue to come in my life, especially as I open a, a wellness studio and like bring people in, there's going to be new people that show up that I could never imagine, but these people are like faded. And um, so wherever you have your in your chart, um, the lessons you're receiving um, are going to continue. And like you said, it's like a reaffirming that you, you can have the highest version of whatever it is that whatever place that place is for you. Um, because it's not always easy. Like for you, the home situation has been sh shaky, but it's something that you need and you want. And even in my marriage, it's something that um, requires like constant work, but it's something that I need and that I want. So, yeah, it's like, it's that it's innovation, but it's functional because it is Taurus. So it's like, uh, is it enough to just like sweep the floor and keep it clean? Or can we like, like for me, it's been like, uh, yes, hanging art on the walls, which to me is very functional. Some people might not see that that way just like oh. yeah like um functional elevation like organizing like yeah yeah cool <laughs> yeah I mean even for me it's like how do I spend my time how do I show up aesthetically like all these Venusian things that enhance that area of our life I think bringing in more art bringing in more beauty bringing in more softness into those areas of our life um, but also having good boundaries um, and um, being firm about whatever it is that's important um, because that's something that I've learned with this Uranus energy is like suddenly people come in and I'm like super loving and um, think that we have the same values and then maybe we don't. So I think it's important with Taurus ruling values to, um, yeah, just try to have the highest version of that without projecting that other people have that as well since you know the sign is ruled by venus and relationships um and this like sudden nature of things the north node can be it is the head of the dragon so um it's in some descriptions not always very positive it can be like something that's like eating 
it can eat your life. It can eat that area of your life. And I know in 2021, when Uranus first entered 2020, when first, first entered um, Taurus, I had a dragon come in and eat my life. So um, you, know, you got to be careful with who you let in and, um, and what you do about it. So, Oh, it's, yeah. you know, it's interesting for sure. For sure. Yeah. Can tell me what's interesting. <laughs> what? You were telling me what's interesting. Oh, well, yeah, no, that was actually that moment just there between you and I, like, I think also looking at Uranus as like the higher octave to Mercury, mm. there is like a little bit of that, uh, like communication, communicating without words, like Uranus is like metaphysics to me. So just like where Mercury might hyper communicate linguistically, I think Uranus, especially in Taurus, it's like using the senses to mm. get our bearings and to portray rather than needing to like over articulate. It's an interesting balance with like Mars still in Gemini, where it's like words versus nonverbal expression. Vibration. Yeah. Taurus rules what we can hear. Hmm. You know, it's like this, it's the, it's the sign that rules like creation of music and enjoyment of music. Um, so the frequency that people bring into you, like it's something that is important to, to pick up on and to, to judge accordingly. Like I used to think that judging people was, you know, almost like a sin or like something that was like, I, if I'm judging you, I'm judging myself um, and we don't want to judge ourselves and we just want to be very accepting of things and, you know, project good things out into the world. But the vibration that you pick up might very well be a form of protection for you that you need to listen to. Um, right on uh, if someone is not harmonious with your energy, that's something important to honor because even if you try to blend those energies, um, you might just, you know, it might just become a distraction to the harmony that you're trying to seek. It's like we just settle for some wonky sounding vibration that isn't, it isn't it. And I think, you know, there is a balance, like we were saying with the pot drips, what is in it, you know, like you have to hold the frequency and you're responsible for the frequency that you feel in your life. But it's also people you're relating to that, that are also responsible for their frequency as well. Uh, not to get like, yeah, one more brief little tangent that we can move on. That was just, yeah, just for like any musicians out there too, just relating it to like Taurus ruling music. Um, if both, and especially with Uranus too, like if both people are really authentically singing their note, it's like, we don't have to like judgment doesn't necessarily mean like they're wrong. It's just like, if I'm, if I'm resonating at like, a, a, like middle C, and that person's resonating at like E flat. Like we have a minor third. It's a clunky vibration. But if that's our organic notes, that's what it is. Like, and if I'm, I'm like, I can't ask this person to flip up to a G and like give me a major fifth. Like, <laughs> anyway, yeah, I mean, it's yeah. just the truth of the resonance. Um, and you can either choose to lean into that and create what the vibration is, or if you're set on like seeking a specific vibration you just have to look elsewhere and that's all Doesn't yes like a heavy heavy hearted thing is what i'm learning <laughs> yeah i think the uranus direct is like teaching how quickly you can what's the word um tune 
yeah, like tune yourself. Like if you're not finding the frequency that supports you, like the frequency is probably not that far away or you can adjust yourself to match the frequency of the people that you're with so that you can feel harmony. Cause sometimes we can't control or like, that's the thing too, is that the people that we relate to things that are firm in our life, which is very Taurus, um, we have to kind of work with it and adjust to it um, the way that mud would, you know, um, add water. You know, if you're too, if you're too stiff, add water, you know, <laughs> soften up, um, be empathic of the other person, but don't lose yourself either. Right. 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 It was interesting. Yeah. Too, like in one of my favorite things, like memories of theater school is like, we had a whole week where we, the teacher worked with us to find like our natural like the center pitch of our speaking voice. Like what is the pitch that is natural to like the healthiest projection of your sound? And like looking at that in a metaphysical way, like I think that's what this is notating, like just staying true to what note feels best for you. And that'll naturally, like a siren, you'll call in the people that harmonize with that. Yeah, beautiful. So I think it'd be really great to take like a five minute break and then we can move through the rest of the transits. Um, this is a good time to get tea or do whatever you got to do. I'm going to go to the bathroom and we'll be back in five minutes or so. I'm good, love. Okay, you're on. Okay, <laughs> let me do it.
Oh, it's funny. My camera has a picture of you. <laughs> I'm gonna say you're looking so beautiful today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Me and Alula have been trying to work this technology stuff, you know. Oh, just two grannies. Just two grannies over here trying to figure it out. Okay. Oh man. Okay, so we're back. Um, um where's my phone? All right, so I think the I next big thing is we kind of talked about the sun sextile Jupiter with the new moon. Um, yeah, that perfects on Tuesday the twenty first. Twenty first, Tuesday the twenty fourth. Um, yeah. So yeah, just, I think that's just like a nice gentle stimulation, helping us get back in the groove as like the light is building from the new moon. Yeah. And I think that it's a really great time to do things that are like spiritual or that like any kind of abundance ritual that you want to do on that day. I know that I'm opening up the learn astrology course on that day um, because it's <laughs> directly connected to philosophy and um, spirituality and kind of just seeing things optimistically. Would you say the perfect day for that? I know I'm so excited. Um, so yeah, like I think it's a really great day to um, just do anything that connects you to creating more abundance in your life or going on a date or doing, doing things that just allow you to like have a little bit more fun or go on an adventure um, on Tuesday. It's going to be, you know, seem holy or seem, seem like elevated in some way. And then, yeah, that feels great. Um, the next day, the 26th, which is, a, I'm sorry, not the next day, uh, two days later, Thursday, the 26th, Venus enters Pisces. So speaking of like going on a date, we're just like entering the realm of like, holy love. I love Venus and Pisces. Um, yeah, finding more just like effortless spiritual compassion in our connections, more just like channeled artistry, um, feeling into the vastness. I say this as a my son is in Pisces and my Mercury feeling into the vastness and just like the interconnectedness of all things oh I think that's like this Venus and Pisces transit's like such a blessing coming out of all these retrogrades I feel like <laughs> so Venus in Pisces is the place of Venus's exaltation yeah um and exaltation means that her home sign, let's see, exaltation. So from, so we've got Taurus is, is sex, a sextile away. Taurus is a sign that Venus rules. And trying to remember the rule. So I think it's just because she can see herself from, from Taurus. Hmm. Can you pull the chart back up real quick? Yeah. So the detriment, the detriment is in the place opposite of the domain. Yeah. No. Detriment is in Aries, which is opposite of her home sign in Libra. And then her detriment is also in Scorpio. And I believe that her exaltation um, in this case she can see herself um, through, well, 
Venus in her place of Pisces can see her home sign of Taurus, which is why it's exaltation. Because I know that exaltation um, and fall were something that wasn't very clear um, until Chris Brennan did some research and he noticed these patterns. Um, whereas um, the fall of, of Venus is in Virgo, um, where the other sign of Libra cannot see its home sign. Um, I have to refresh myself on this, um, but when I do my course, I will, which is why I love studying astrology with human beings. Because, um, yeah, this is really interesting. Do you know more about the the reasons for why things are in detriment or, or exaltation or fall? I know detriment and, and um, what's the other word? Um, domicile. Domicile. Detriment and domicile are easy because it's like what domicile is the place that the, the planet rules and detriment is the place opposite of that place. Whereas exaltation and fall, um, I think it was a mystery for a long time until Chris started doing some research and noticed these um, correlations. Um, I could the chart real quick. I just want to. This chart that I had up, like uh, the planet. Yeah, like the, your, your guide. Yeah, okay. it's, it's weird because there's like, there are some like a lot of times the exaltation and the fall are in opposite signs as well. Is that all? They are. They are. Yeah, yeah. So they are. Weird is like the pattern. It's like one of those is exalted while the opposites it's fall. Like just like the dominion and the detriment, it's just finding it. I guess it's always a sextile. Is that what we're looking at? I, yeah, I, I think, oh, because Venus rules sextiles. So because Venus rules sextiles, it's in its exaltation when it's in a place where it can sextile its home sign. Okay. Whereas in its fall, it's not, it's in a trine and in an in conjunct. So it's, it's like, there's no vision, there's no relating uh, aspect that Venus is at home with. Whereas Venus is at home with being in a sextile to another place because Venus rules sextiles. Yeah, but so can we, let's play this game with Mars then. So okay. Mars and Aries. Mars rules squares. Uh -huh. So yeah, Capricorn's the exaltation, squaring Aries, it's initial home sign, but it also rules Scorpio. That's where it gets confusing of like the double rulerships. Um, okay, so let's look at it. So Mars is in its fall in Cancer and mars rules aries so this is a square. this is a square and it's a, uh, exalted in capricorn which is the square other side of that square well the other side it might be because that uh, um i noticed that there's this yin yang like pisces is yin whereas taurus taurus is yin as well um but the thing is that aries is yang and capricorn is yin mm -hmm. hmm. so um mars and cancer where's the other the other rulership um is mars and scorpio which would be a trine a square hmm it's that's what well, I, mean. I know i know when i go ahead and teach my course like we go over this in pretty big detail like i have a presentation on it i just haven't taught it in three years so um, but I know that Chris Brennan spent like a long time even decoding this for himself because it's a bit of like an astrological mystery. Um, but there is that that energy of like squaring, I guess. Um, Mars and Saturn are the two malefics. So to square over to a malefic 
is more beneficial than to square over to a luminary possibly? Yeah, that's, that's just like, it's definitely, it's not like a one size equation for this. That's why I'm like, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. But it is interesting to look at like, yeah. So Venus exalted in Pisces. Um, I just think the classic depiction of like Aphrodite, the birth of Aphrodite, like uh, coming out of the clamshell, like that to me is the perfect depiction of Venus and Pisces. Mm, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, Funny because like the orientation of this is kind of interesting. We're talking about like Venus being exalted in Pisces because it's sextiling Venus's home sign of Taurus and the whole myth between behind like the, what that painting's depicting is like Uranus. I forget which God, one of the gods like castrates Uranus and like his balls fall into the ocean. And that's how Venus or Aphrodite is born um, in one version of the myth. I feel like it's Zeus. Probably. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just funny that it's like Uranus getting castrated. At, but like, meanwhile, Uranus is in Venus's home sign of Taurus. So just the mythology is lining up interestingly there. Hmm. talking about yeah. the dragon too like the north node being the head of the dragon and like in ancient astrology that wasn't always like a benefic thing um uranus stationing within or above the north node as well it's like what needs like maybe it's a good reflection for all of us like what needs to get kind of castrated <laughs> in our lives to give birth to a more feminine approach not that it's always that way. I'm just, you know, that's just what the, the, the rhythm of the pulse is indicating now. Yeah. Well, Venus rules money and how we make our money in a way. Um, it rules what we value. It rules our relationships. So Venus coming into a sign of Pisces is like reminding us to be a little bit more fluid, a little bit more creative um, coming out of Aquarius where it's like very serious and cold and detached um, in our relationships this is so much more wet and, um, you know, just like, uh, what's the word? There's, there's like more comfort in creating fluidity. And I feel like movement, dance, art becomes so much more easy to embody around other people and in relationship. And it's kind of what gets us through the winter is to like, um, kind of like, release some of that ice icy cold energy and be a little bit more fluid in our in our bodies i think that's why i'm so called to start moving in here and like getting synovial fluid going oh that's so interesting it's like yes we have glaciers but overall like the ocean itself in its entirety never freezes so it's like just because of the power of the tides and that fluidity keeping us moving like we won't stagnate or freeze. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know, like when you were speaking to like a, a lyric from the Beatles came into mind. Just uh, in the end, the love you take is equal to the love you make. I feel like that's Venus and Pisces as well. Just like remembering the love itself is never, ever separate. Like even in our human perception, we can kind of track the patterns of give and take. But once we get back to Pisces, it's it's all it's all the same soup. Yeah. Sorry if that was rambly, but yeah. No, no, it was beautiful.
I love that you always have like lyrics like in your mind. <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, I just wanted to pull up some of the words for Pisces. We can connect this back to Venus. Um, so Pisces is the sign that is inspirational, compassionate, receptive, intuitive, romantic, vulnerable, emotional, um, empathic, um, spiritual, abstract, inverted. Oh, I'm sorry. Introverted or inverted, <laughs> um, sensitive, humble, um, impressionable, artistic, musical, reflective, dreamy, holistic, and meditative. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I feel like wherever we have Venus in our, our chart, wherever it influences our life, we're gonna be much more like aware through that meditative process of how we can be more receptive or how we can be more uh, holistic in our approach to that area of life. Like I know for me, that's the place of play and leisure and fun and creativity. And um, that's a big part of my mission and in, in opening this space and creating a new routine for myself is to like not get lost in the business stuff that has to get done and just continue to be fluid and continue to know that money comes good relationships comes through being humble, through being receptive, through being honest and vulnerable. Um, and also like allowing a bit of that romantic nature to influence um, the way that I choose to rest and the way that I choose to like enter state of leisure. Um, so for you, babe, how do you feel like this Venus in Pisces will, will affect you? I'm excited to find out. Um, oh, I, I need to plug my computer in. Okay. Oh. Um, my second house of money resources, um, which has been a really interesting, again, shout out to a fellow Aquarius rising. It's because like a Pisces second house is really hard to navigate in the world we live in. Or, not to project that, but... I've found it to be difficult because I do notice that when I'm truly just doing me and in the flow, like things come at the exact divine, perfect moment. But if I try to be too, like, I don't know, like uh, my second house isn't Capricorn. If I try to be too pragmatic and like tangible with my abundance, it backfires. And that's just, that's me. Um, but my son is at one degree Pisces. So as soon as Venus enters, I get like a really beautiful, um, upliftment from Venus. So I think I know for me, like I've had just from abundance, temporary abundance shortages, I've canceled my last like three hair appointments. Um, I'm way over, like I haven't gotten a massage and like, I don't even know how long. So I think uh, I'm, I'm holding the vision that I'll have the um, freedom of abundance on this Venus transit of my son to invest in those ways in myself and just like really find that feminine beautifying nurturing um yeah that's what I'm hoping for yeah I love looking at like um Valerie Mesa I think her name is on Instagram she always like posts the celebrities that connect to the planets, like whether it's like birthdays or Venus placements and like, she does such a good job. Her, her, her content is beautiful. And so, so like glamorous, but um, exploring like which celebrities have this placement can be a fun way to understand what someone with Venus and Pisces might be like. Um, but in terms of like business and things, I just think that, it's an opportunity for us to be more creative and um, knowing that like the things that we need can come to us when we are 
receptive and instead of like grasping for it, we can kind of be in that yin state of receiving. Mm -hmm. But there is a, there is a little bit of engagement because Venus is ruled. Venus in Pisces is ruled by Jupiter and Jupiter is in Aries. So um, Jupiter and Aries is going to encourage us to that. If we want to experience abundance and expansion in our relationships, we have to forge our own path and take action and, you know, go forward with things that, um, you know, require heat, require action, require steps and, and uh, doing things on our own, being independent. And then the people that are meant to support us in that will, will come. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah, I it's like almost the, the action uh thank you for pointing out like tracing those those zodiacal steps i think um the action comes from like the venus and pisces having that trust to fully float and surrender that we are held and the ways in which that manifests um the action will come to reveal it in the three-dimensional realm but ultimately like on a soul level we just have to know that we're held and like exactly ultimately exactly where we need to yeah Mm, beautiful all right so the next transit we wanted to look at uh i have mercury next day same day same day on the calendar here Uh, mercury capricorn squares Chiron. chiron yeah so it's pretty much like the same day that um, we've got Venus in Pisces for the first time. We've got Mercury squaring Chiron. Um, so what do you what do you think about this? I know I'm trying to feel into it. I feel like because it's still that 12th house energy of Mercury for me, it feels a little like behind the scenes in my awareness. Um, but just zooming out as best I can collectively, it feels like maybe just... Um, this is probably a day to find new ways of communicating what was being revised for us in the Mercury retrograde as a means of like up leveling, like because it is a square, there might be some tension, but ultimately with Chiron there and the ingress of Venus, I think some of that tension's like literally broken by the wave of, of Venus entering Pisces. Um, it's interesting too, Venus actually just about is exactly breaking up this square just about you mean it's in the midpoint just about yeah yeah i think technically saturn might be closer but still like that venus saturn energy sandwiching the midpoint of this square Mm. yeah i wonder what it's like what this transition will be like from like venus conjunct saturn and aquarius to venus and pisces yeah because like the, the contrast is really stark um, but I don't think it's that far far off because the rulerships still go down to the final denominator, the final dispositor, the chart being Saturn and Aquarius. So it's not too far off from the lessons we've learned. You know, it's not like Jupiter all of a sudden like has dominion. Ju- Jupiter is ruled by Mars and then all the way around back to Aquarius and Capricorn or right, Saturn. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good option. I think it's just like Venus entering Pisces is going to be kind of like the the tidal wave of hmm, words. 
the tidal wave of like what we've been waiting to receive that is coming as a result of the kind of decision or pivot we make at the Venus Saturn conjunction. Mm. It's just opening. Yeah, it's like the the release mm. of that choice of that commitment of that like um, bond or marriage of like responsibility and value. Yeah, I'll be interested to tune back in our next episode, how this plays out for me personally, just because the Venus-Saturn conjunction is happening right on my Saturn ascendant. And then I get Venus passing over my sun like immediately after. So I'm um, looking forward to reporting back. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, this um, conjunction is like right over my sun and my Mercury. Yeah. So yeah, it just all feels very timely. And then I'm um, to your fifth house. That's so nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be really great because like all the people I'm going to connect with are going to be helping me to just have fun. And Venus is in her joy in the fifth house. So this is, this is my time of year. Okay. Um, but this square of Mercury to Chiron, I just think that there's going to be um, a mental understanding of how we can heal ourselves because Chiron is the aspect of the wounded healer within us. And the story of Chiron is that it was a, it was a man that was immortal and he was cursed and wounded and would basically live forever, but live like a human where he would experience wounds. And if he didn't learn how to heal those wounds, he would live in eternity with that pain. So he became an herbalist and um, an enlightened being that could heal himself um, no matter what wound he experienced. And he went around the world also teaching people how to heal themselves. So the aspect of Chiron is this archetype that resembles in our life as a collective, but also as our in our personal identity of what we are endlessly needing to heal, like the wound that we never stop licking and that we need to find pride in that process and um, not shame ourselves or, or blame God for giving us a bad hand. It's just part of the human condition um, to be wounded and to learn how to heal ourselves. So with Mercury squaring this, this piece in the sky, um, you know, Mercury rules the mind, what we think, how we write, how we speak, um, how we teach. And um, I think that there's going to be, I mean, even just now, like me vulnerably sharing my um, wonkiness around my understanding of um, exaltation and fall, like, I clearly can see what I need to change in order to be sharper in my thinking as a teacher and as a student. Um, so I think that there, this energy is very humbling. Um, this is Friday, January 27th. Um, this will be a full week after my opening for me personally. So it's like, I'm going to have a lot of lessons around what went wrong, what went well, what can I do better? And it can be a very um, self, self, um, critical time on Friday, or you might like find other people and the way they're communicating or the way that things are happening in your, your life that you might think could be organized differently. It's, this is Mercury in Capricorn. So Capricorn wants things a certain way, wants to construct an assembly line that's efficient forever and ever. So um, I think it's just really important to regard whatever's going on in your life with compassion and softness and, there's going to be an eagerness to change and to do better. Um, 
and take that as an opportunity to like learn and expand. But it's you're never going to get better unless you realize where you have your weaknesses. And um, that's where you get to be stronger. So, yeah, if you start to get really self-critical or think that you're never going to get better, um, it's just a time to release and drop the war against yourself and become the warrior that can overcome whatever obstacle is coming to your mind and the mind can be very powerful um, it can be our worst enemy sometimes if we're not careful so yeah just approaching it with compassion and very like motherly Capricorn is a yin energy so um, knowing that whatever steps you got to make can happen slowly but surely and there is no rush I'm smiling so much because I feel like you're you're just so spot on I was about to just point out the square is interesting because within these cardinal signs like we have um, the decan that uh, Mercury's in at 12 degrees of Capricorn, the second decan of Capricorn is the three of pentacles and then Chiron at 12 degrees Aries and the second decan of Aries is um, three of wands. So we have mm -hmm. the harmony of like, they're both resonating on the three. Um, but yeah, Steph, I think exactly what you were just saying, like they're both cards of kind of like building up what we've been working towards, um, especially the three of pentacles with mercury there so i think it is kind of like um but three is also a number of collaboration so like not being afraid to ask for the support we need in mm. that humbling energy that's the perfect word for it it's like it's humbling because maybe we've been like spearheading a vision with our individuality and now it's time to like recognize like we, we can't always do it alone yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah, it can be it can be scary to like speak <coughs> and ask for help or to to recognize like what we what we desire because Mars Mars rules squares and Mars rules our desires and what we want to go toward and like gauging the best way to communicate um, that sense of urgency is is um is fun you know it's like trying to figure out the best way to to handle that, that fire, that passion, that desire without like overbearing someone. Yeah. And I think too, we can find ease in this square, I think through um, celebrating how far we have come and that the building blocks we need to call in now, it's just a means of like, again, asking for support, but with Capricorn, there is sort of an energy of like delegating it's like, okay, my, my vision's growing. I can't just like single-handedly play all the roles. Let me call in really magical, amazing people that have a lot to contribute. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, especially with Venus coming off of that conjunction with Saturn and Aquarius, and we are in an Aquarius new moon during this time. Um, so, and as you can see, the sun is in a sextile, is in a trine to Mars as this is happening. So um, there is like this energy of like needing to, you know, call upon other minds um, to get things done. Do you mention we mentioned that? Yeah, on the 30th. So the next aspect we were going to look at before we close, we have two more and we'll do some tarot and other um, divination to kind of close out this, this call. But the next aspect we were going to look at was Mercury trine Uranus on January 19th. Um, and this is where Mercury is. And then we got Uranus and Taurus. So, yeah, what do you think, love? Yeah, so, okay, sun on the 29th Sunday, the sun at nine degrees Gemini. I'm sorry. 
Aquarius trining uh, Mars at nine degrees Gemini. Uh, I think that feels really nice and open and expansive and like all of the out of sorts energy from Gemini retrograde is now like we have, um, I think, a direct beam of inspiration to the, our sun, the collective sun or the like collective essence. Um, so this to me feels like divine, almost like when you're, you know, when you're in the zone, like for me, it's like cleaning around the house when I just like, you don't even realize what you're doing, but you're doing it. It's just like effortless movement or motion, hmm. like channeled task mastering, I guess. That's how I see this collectively. It's like you're, we're just like put into motion divinely without having to feel like we're like lifting our weary bones out of bed. You know what I mean? Like there's just a clear direction and flow that I think uh, almost with the, the Venus and Pisces energy too. I'm just like all of us, like a, a school of fish, like exactly in our right place propelled into motion yeah definitely it's definitely like a an energy of doing with with a little bit of ease too because trines are ruled by jupiter and jupiter is an aries and aries rule is ruled by mars and mars is trining the sun so there's like a, a lot of energy a lot of momentum um saturn is at home with the sun so it feels like destined or super important or like whatever it is 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 um sturdy or it's going to help us build something and if it's not it's going to feel like a bit self-destructive like it's easy to self-destruct so i think it's important to you know just be mindful i know i set up for the next month which kind of i'm just thinking about this now i have yoga classes like every single day of the week like when I know I'm going to go to my own other yoga studio outside of the studio to practice with a different sangha so that I have my own practice like set in the schedule because I know that if I'm not practicing yoga through you know serving other people and just in general like to keep to I realize in the pains I've been feeling in my body lymph nodes being swollen I need to sweat you know, like we need to sweat in order to cleanse our body. And um, so I'm just making sure that I'm prioritizing going to hot yoga and sweating um, so that I don't get burnt out by all this energy and momentum. So I think that just prioritizing any way to like channel this energy, this like do um, go, go, go energy is going to be important. Um and, and extracurricular activities, like athletic activities can be really helpful, um, especially because Mars is in a is a is in a Gemini ruled sign and it's in a Mercury ruled sign um, and it can get really heady. Like I know I've been trying to like think about what foods to eat and like, you know, like just stand all day while I work. And it's like, no, get out of your head and just start moving because like Mars needs you to, to be active. It doesn't need you to think. And I think Mars and Gemini has had, Mars and Gemini ruled by Mercury has had us very like solving problems with thinking instead of just doing. So yeah, that's what comes up for me. It's so, that's like, again, so on the money uh, resonating hard. It's so interesting too, just looking like, again, the trines being ruled by Jupiter and we have Jupiter and Aries almost exactly at the midpoint of this trine too so just like yeah. we were talking about like there's another interesting like outlet um and aries ruled by mars like yeah move your body yeah so um i love you that you were like super excited to talk about this mars mars trying to the sun um but i was going one to click back um the day before that um 
Mercury trine Uranus. So, I mean, it's right around the exact same time. Oh, my phone just locked itself because I put the password wrong too many times. Um, so I think the day of the trine to from Mercury to Uranus is the 29th and then Mars trines the sun on the 30th. But um, Sunday, Monday, um, the last weekend of January, all these aspects are really building. Um, that's all right. Um, no, it's okay. I just wanted to like just uh, close up with this one and kind of touch on that. So Mercury trine Uranus. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of ingenious ideas, like clarity, combined with that square over to uh, Chiron earlier in the week. Um, I think that we go from like critical thinking to like, oh shit, like what a great idea. Like I know exactly how to solve this problem that's like really bothering me or that's it feels like I, I'm being harsh with myself or that feels really important for me to acknowledge. Um, yeah, and there's just like a, a, an ingenious outlet that comes from it or a person that you meet or an idea that you have that's um, really supportive um, for whatever it is that you're seeding during this lunation. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have much to add. I think it, it is interesting that we get the Mercury-Uranus trine the day before the Sun-Mars trine. So yeah. it's like Uranus kind of helping slice through the density of those earthly signs to then bring the motion in the air elements with the Sun trine Mars. Um, I think the other thing coming up, I just want to say, like, because we're coming from the energy of like winter solstice, planets retrograde, these trines really are activating. Um, mm. And I think especially with the air signs, I'm just like, uh, I feel like uh, intentional breath work is really good for all of us collectively always but especially right now just to help us feel in our body safe too quick in our pace um the magic of the expanse that like just a little breath of fire can do my goodness um so just making sure our, our airways and our support system internally is like set up to support the physical motion we are going to feel inspired to propel into yeah I think that's really, really helpful. Um, I just pulled up some of these interpretations from Astro Gold. So Mercury, trying Uranus, you may have original ideas that you're able to communicate with ease. You're insightful and may be ahead of your time in your ideas and opinions. So just like revolutionary, sudden, quick downloads that are very valuable um, toward what you're creating. And then square over to Chiron, you suffer from believing that you are lacking in intelligence. You have difficulty asserting your own thoughts and opinions. The good news is that you're able to learn from your experience. Once you have learned to value yourself, then you'll be able to share your wisdom with others. You are an excellent listener, listener, carer, and counselor. So yeah, a lot of things we were saying. Well, I need some water. Water, take a sip. Um, I, think, I think that's it though for um, Looking into the transits, I can pull up um, the full moon chart for fun, um, so we can kind of. I know we'll kind of start there in the next episode too. Yeah, we can take a look at it. Is your background um, feather? What did you say? Is your background of your wallpaper is it a peacock feather? It's a peacock feather with water, a water drop. That's, dude, I'm literally drinking my water out of my peacock thing. And my, my like, one of my good friends just gifted me two pieces of art that both have peacock. So 
It came with the computer. I've just never changed it because I thought it was nice. So I was like, mm, this is nice. I'm going to just leave it. <laughs> having deja vu, I feel like our like first podcast episode, we like said that exact thing. But, or Probably. I did. Probably. Probably. Um, okay, so could you, do you have the date and the time of the full moon? Uh, the date is Sunday, February 5th. Uh, I can pull the time. I got my phone open now. So February 5th, the time is at 1.28 p.m. Which, by the way, if you are local to the Pawtucket, Rhode Island area or you want to make a trip, um, I'm going to be having a, my first full moon gathering for the Leo full moon. Um, so I'd love if people could come and join us. Um, but yeah, we're going to be doing reflexology and talking about the chart and how it affects everyone in the room individually and as a collective um, in person and doing some movement and meditation to, you know, gather on the full moon like we used to back in the day. So yeah. Lula and I will go live um, to talk about this full moon on the podcast in about two weeks and um, maybe sooner or later, but before the full moon itself, you'll find a podcast with us. Um, join the mailing list if you want to know um, when we're going to be live. We're going to be getting a little bit more organized now that Mercury will be direct and all the things are direct and the, the studio will be open. Um, so yeah, in the meantime, if you're looking to get a reading to know how this Aquarius season is affecting you, um, we are hosting a really great reading sale. Um, because I have a new software, I'm offering 50% off to any new person that enters. If you're a previous client with us or with me, um, you still get 50% off. Um, you just got to join our mailing list at starryalignment.com. At the bottom of the page, you'll see join the list and you'll get a 50% off discount. Um, there's also packages if you want to book like four to six readings out in advance because right now our, our pricing is like really low compared to what we've charged in the past or what what the session is really what it really provides um but we want to just serve as many people as we can so once our calendar is booked uh prices may go up so i think getting packages is a good idea because uh alula and i both have obligations outside of readings and we only have like certain windows of time throughout the week that we can do readings so yeah, if you want readings, go to StarryAlignment.com, join our mailing list, um, check out the next podcast. And um, yeah, we'd love to talk more about how this all this stuff is influencing you personally. Um, yeah, and if you want to make life choices with astrology, it's super helpful to work with somebody that has a lot of experience working uh, with these archetypes like Lula and I do. So yeah, is there anything you want to share on that? Oh, no, that was all beautifully said. I definitely think, yeah, utilizing the packages while it's on sale is huge. Um, yeah, I'm so grateful to be like making conscious space to share in astrological wisdom with community, like <clears throat> making life purpose. So it feels good. Yeah, I want to mention that um, this Sunday, I'm going to be doing a talk on the astrology of 2023. And I'm going to be somehow recording that for the web so if you want to know more about the astrology of 2023 you can you can get that on my site um this upcoming week uh you can join my mailing list if you want to know like get get all the notifications so you don't have to remember or check in um, on my site right now you can go out and check out you can check out and and reserve your seat but um i'm also gonna be doing the learn astrology course which is a six-week course and if you join the learn astrology course or the 2023 astrology um 
download, you also get an additional discount on packages itself. So some of the packages come down to like 50% off the package price or 45 to 40% off the package price, which is really amazing considering the starting point of that price of the package to be in with. So um, yeah, I just want to let you know that yes, I'm doing things here, um, but we're also doing things online for the world. And Alula is also working on a little course herself, which will come in due time. Um, but yeah, this full moon um, is going to be really amazing. It's actually on my midheaven by a degree. Um, so yeah, this is why you see me in like full bloom and offering all these things. You haven't, if you've been watching my podcast, it hasn't always been like that. Um, but it's time and I appreciate everyone just receiving, you know, what, what my heart has to give. So whoever is it it's meant for i'm happy to to extend these offerings too yeah i guess i know we'll save a lot of the chart itself for the next podcast uh i just want to point out i think the most glaring thing is that the the full moon we have the sun and moon t squaring uranus and taurus so within a do yeah a little over a degree orb um that's pretty potent. Um, I think this is going to be, I, I'm excited for this full moon. I think exciting is the main word, right? With a T-score to Uranus. <laughs> mm. I think expect the unexpected. I think be ready to receive things you've long been asking for. They might kind of catch you off guard here. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that letting go is a huge um portal to getting what you want <laughs> like dropping your ego releasing even detoxing prioritizing um cleansing in your life is going to be really important under this full moon or really like obvious um whether that's from like previous lessons or a lesson that strikes you during this lunation but um the opposite of this t-square is um to scorpio or where the south node is and scorpio is the sign that rules um the sex organs and the root chakra and um yeah just like taking care of our our root and the south node um, really relates to releasing and cleansing and um, excretion, um, detoxification. So if we want to be in the highest vibration, I think that, like I was saying, with doing hot yoga and making sure I'm waking up early and hosting these classes when I know it's best for all of us, like even though it requires discipline, um, the gift is, is balance, which I think is what we're always going for. So... Yeah. Yeah, it's like Mars being direct as uh, the ruler or the yeah classical ruler of Scorpio too, being like what what's yeah stuff what you're saying just like being proactive in your release. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't catch you off guard, like you said. <laughs> like I'm just gonna say it. Like if you like planning planning your bathroom breaks, if you know you're really busy, you don't want to be like I have to pee no, and like interrupt everything. <laughs> that's like the microcosm version but you know what I mean like making sure there's time for like yeah yeah that's why I was saying like oh my lymph nodes are hurting me like my knees are hurting me I'm having trouble walking like I need to sweat like I there's I can sit and stretch all day long but I need to sweat so it's like prioritizing that is it's like pain in the ass sometimes like who wants to be in a room for 90 minutes at 100 degrees but <laughs> 
Amazing. At the end, you feel great. <laughs> oh, I would love to do hot yoga with you soon. Yeah, whenever you come. I'd love I to haven't come. done it since before like the pandemic. So, uh, yeah. You can always, I, last class I went, I, I skipped some poses, lay on my back, you know, like heart is palpitating out of my chest, you know, you do what you can. I love it. You um, and I both have our Chiron and Leo. So like that heat for the heart is like really, really good. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to read from the Karasat Astrology um, book um, from the Soma Veda Integrated Therapies um, community. This is um, part of the Native American church I'm a part of. Um, this is created by Dr. B., um, Dr. A Dr. Anthony B. James. Um, so I'm just gonna stop sharing my screen. And let's see. Okay, um, that's funny. One sec. All right, so Lula, I just hid you because I see your camera's off. Um, I think when your camera comes back on, you'll be back live with us, but, and she's back. <laughs> okay, um, so in this, in this uh, study of the correlations between the signs and 52 other correlations in holistic medicine and observation um, by Dr. Anthony James, um, Aquarius, rules the sixth chakra and this is the third eye or the um anjna An anjna is the sanskrit name of the third eye um so this season just like capricorn season in the last uh episode we did we talked about this and some of these correlations but it's another like we get two opportunities to really open our third eye during the winter um in the northern hemisphere so um, this is connected to all of the senses and con cognition and intuition. Um, it's connected to all of the sense organs. So that's why this like holistic approach to our health and just trying not to leave any part out is, is natural and uh, it's something we pay attention to because when, when it's really cold out, our vitality is, you know, more delicate. So every, every way that we can support our whole person, it says work organ, whole person, like every way that we can support our whole self is going to be coming alive this season. Um, the function of associated glands are regulating homeostasis of the entire body. Balance of the entire body is the third eye. Um, so the chief subsidiary parts is the forehead, ears, nose, left eye. Um, something I came across recently is like Sufi, a Sufi meditation where you like met you eye gaze into the, another person's left eye. Um, I found that to be really interesting. Um, and that left eye gazing like connects you to like your soul and that per the person's soul. Um, the base of the skull, the, mu the, mula the medulla, um, the face, the sinuses, the cerebellum, and the entire central nervous system. The mantra is Om Kasham, Om Kasham, Aum Kasham. Um, the vowel sign is E as in easy and the key of A. Um, music therapy is cosmic, mystical, transformative, celestial, and new age. So it can be nice to listen to that kind of music. Um, the mudra is pointing up pointing up toward the sky with fingers if you want pointing up um, is the mudra for this season 
um, because oh, that's interesting. Uh, Jupiter rules this pointer finger. Um, it's not Saturn. I guess you could like flip the bird. Saturn is the middle finger. So I guess you could be like, if you really want to activate Saturn, I guess pointing up with the Jupiter finger kind of balances out Saturn's dominance um, by giving it another planet to, to balance out Saturn. Um, its attribute is openness and objectivity, distance and domination. Um, its desire is clarity, union, um, unity, realization, intuition, and revelation. So creating space to experience clarity, like intentionally meditating, intentionally writing, intentionally going out to nature, like setting up opportunities to experience revelation. Um, activity is transformation and transmutation. The nature is non-attachment and knowing. Um, many things here, but I just want to point out what seems most important. Um, the gemstone is lapis lazuli, um, coal, as we talked about in the last episode, um, amethyst, am, amorite, hematite, obsidian. These are good stones for the season. Um, the aromatherapy is mint or jasmine. And some of the herbs are barley, red beet, um, comfrey, amaranthus, amaranthus. Amaranthus um, is growing that in Stardew Valley right now. <laughs> like, what is game. Stardew Valley? Oh, really? You're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, flax, weed, hemp, horsetail, um, quince, Solomon's seal, and thistle. The animal's a swan. And the ages it's connected to is 6, 55, 13, 62, 20, 69, 27, 76, 34, 83, 41, 90, 48, and 97. And yeah, there's some nadis. If you want to search the nadis or the sen to do massage, self-massage, the Sumana, the Itta, and the Pingala are the, the sen lines that are most activated during this time. So um, in my course on learning astrology, we will go over these things and you'll have some visuals of how the sen line connect to um, the chakras and to do self-massage and reflexology on these places during the seasons to prevent illness so but you know we have google you have ways of looking this stuff up um, or you can buy dr anthony james's book and tell him that i sent you um yeah but i just feel like these correlations are fun and helpful for seasonal awareness and yeah. just going back to what you said at the beginning like the, just really honing in on the holistic view of wellness it's just interesting too because like in reiki it's like if let's just say the primary pain or wound is like in the knee. Sometimes that primary spot is like too tender to really receive um, healing on. So you go to like the, the connecting areas where the energy's flowing and kind of work your way into that wound. Um, so yeah, that was just resonating. Exactly. Yeah, I've been having pain in my knee that's traveled so many different places. Um, and I've been trying like reflexology and all the things and it helps, but it was so crazy. Like I never realized like the importance of sweating. Yeah. My, my husband was like, when was the last time you like sweat? It's been a pretty long time. 
I'm like, you're right. <laughs> and as soon as I went to go sweat, as the, the areas that were most inflamed and, and the lymph was so swollen and painful, that's exactly where my body released water from. Wow. So yeah. I know that I'm not the only one that struggles with that. And, you know, our lifestyle these days is very sedentary or mental. So, yeah, it can be helpful to get those kind of reminders. <laughs> I'm grateful yeah like just in the last six weeks like my new job putting my body in motion quite a bit especially just getting busy with the holidays like that first week I was like why am I sweating so much because <laughs> I didn't feel like I'm exerting but exactly what you're saying it was like the places of the most like tension or inflammation releasing purifying mm. oh thank you so much I love that book me too. Yeah. I just bought the poster. Um, Dr. J has made a poster. It's so amazing. I can't wait to hang it up in here, but it has all 52 correlations with each of the chakras and like the mudras and like everything, like all in like one poster. So you can just stand in front of it and like, it's just so much information right now. The poster's on sale. It's usually $30 and it's 15 if you want to go to beardedmedia.com or just search Soma Veda um, Carousel Astrology poster. And yeah, put in the notes that Stephanie Catalano sent you. He'll be, he'll be thrilled. <laughs> so yeah. Um, do you want to do any tarot to kind of close this out? Yeah, once you hike um, She's so funny. It's just, just sorry. I know this cat, man. I always talk about her, but literally as soon as it's divination time like she just hopped up on the couch like she just she just be known. so she i'm be known. Hmm, yeah I'm, I'm grateful i feel like we use the sufi description for the deccan so I'm, i might put this card this deck to rest um yeah maybe i'll pull one from my og tarot and one from I'm feeling part of me wanted to wait for Pisces season, but I think with Venus entering Pisces uh, under this podcast episode, I'm going to pull from um, this blessings from the heart of the Rose Oracle as well, just to get a more rosy perspective. But first the tarot, I'll give it to us straight. <laughs> okay. I'm going to so, put you as the, I'm just going to make you like the pin add pin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, a message for this new moon building in, into the full moon. So first two weeks of this lunation. Oh, that's nice. We got maker prince gift of connection. So in, um, traditional traditional or like the rider weight standard of tarot, this would be the Knight of Pentacles. Um, but I really, again, I love this deck for its subtitles, the gift of connection. Um, the Knight in, in the tarot is like, that's really the archetype that goes out past like the realms it knows and gets stuff done. But because it's in the earth element, the means of like going out further into the world, but staying true to its elemental home, like gift of connection, like look at this harmonization like we have this wolf the owl like interesting animal totems coming through here as well what's that a little I don't know who that is but there's a little friend in the root of the tree as well 
little groundhog. I don't know. Um, yeah. So I think with, with this new moon too, just uh, finding outlets of ways we're inspired to expand again through the magic of connecting. Um, and I, I, I just love that so much for the earth element because like with all this Capricorn energy, sometimes the earth can feel harsh, especially when it's Saturn's portion, uh, the, the portion of earth that Saturn rules with Capricorn energy. So just like re revamping our connection to earth as a connection. Yeah, I hope that made sense. <laughs> I think like we're, we're earth, you know? So like our, our presence on earth is by nature, like an extension of it and it's never disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also highlighting some of that Uranus and Taurus energy too. It's like finding the outlets to innovate. Um, yeah. Okay. Let's pull from Blessings from the Heart of the Rose. And I just have a few cards to shuffle back in there. Actually, you have a rune or something you want to pull? I do. I just got my runes. Did you hear the jingle? <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I was like, okay, I need to pull a rune. <laughs> yeah. You want to finish your cards and then I'll do a rune. Sure, sure. I just want to give her a quick little sage. Okay, not everybody at once, please. Four Are the cards flying out? Like that's too many. Okay, just one, please. Love you. Oh, that's really nice. It's uh, it's number thirty-two. It's smile. Mm -hmm. your heart is breaking okay 32 so the, I love this deck for those of you that haven't tuned in when I've used this oracle deck in particular I just love it provides a very like poetic kind of abstract lens um, so here we have smile giant poppy seed fairy flight only the wind touches the softness petals open <laughs> Fairy lights open into sunshine and the warm, welcoming earth. Poppies scatter their seeds of forgetfulness, offering healing and dreaming in the long grasses. The earth is alive with renewed vigor, with promises of wealth, health, and satisfaction. Before opening, the poppies droop their heads, heavy with promise, until the time of awakening, when delicate petals respond to the subtle touch of a gentle wind. Then from their center, large and open, emerges a joyful blessing. And then in bold, it says, there is nothing to hold you back. There is no one to stop your special gifts unfolding in joy into the world. Without struggle, you have waited for a natural process to open. Recognize now that in this moment, you are fully in touch with your senses, your natural gifts, and ways of expressing your unique brilliance. Smile, you are beautiful. Give yourself over to dance, sway in the intoxicating splendor of sunshine and shower. Welcome happiness into your life, all burdens dissolved, vanished as if by magic. 
Touched by the wings of fairy, you are open and relaxed. Life is good. And then the blessing says you are being healed. Sorrow is being released from your aching heart. You can trust once more. Oh, what a beautiful card. <laughs> like, whoo, that moves me. Mm, that was so nice. It feels so important. <laughs> I pulled a rune right at the time that you like pulled the card. And I got Ingus, which means fertility, faith, and process. And like the card is talking about like the process and to just like surrender and know that everything's going to be okay. And um, this also speaks about having faith and that there's fertility in faith like having faith. So I know that's been really true for me is just like knowing that we create a kind of an infertile environment when we cast a lot of doubt and fear. Whereas like if you're faithful and you're open to the process, like things just grow, you know, but that poetry was so beautiful. Oh, it's just, then, just a few days ago, I posted in my story and I didn't think too much of it, but it's funny how things come back up. Um, it was a quote by Anna Anais Min. Um, I hope I get it right. It was yeah, something along the lines of like, in chaos, there is fertility. So it's just interesting Like we have the sun conjuncting Pluto, which like traditionally might seem more chaotic, but like the fertility blooms from, from that. <sighs> yeah, I mean, the only way through sun conjunct Pluto is to like maintain faith because it can seem like everything is going to go wrong, like things are not good enough, like um, things are dying and it's not yielding what you had desired or wanted, but there's some perfection in whatever is happening. And it's just a matter of transforming from what is transpiring, you know? <sighs> All right. Well, I'm going to leave the links to join. I want to be clear that you can join the 2023 forecast event right now. Um, if you're watching this YouTube or if you're sit catching this on Spotify, um, there's a couple like things I need to change in the back end, but that thing is live. You can go ahead and join. Um, the recording will come out on Thursday. I think it's the 27th or the 26th. Um, and the Learn Astrology course is also available for registration. Um, you can see the full curriculum on the checkout page. Everything's at starryalignment.com. You can also check the description of this episode to see those specific classes. And you can also book readings right now at 50% off um, with your first reading with me um, if you join the mailing list. And there's also packages which you can get a discount on as well. Um, Alula's not yet in the system, but she will be soon. Yeah, we're working on probably by the Leo, probably by the Leo full moon. Yeah, I just say if if you're interested in booking a reading with me, just hit me up on Instagram at Alula of Roses for now. We'll find a time. Um, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, thank you, Lula, for joining. And thank you, everybody that was here for us with so long. This was like a three-hour one, but Mercury's still retrograde. We appreciate the the kind of like wonky start if you've been with us this whole time. And, you know, if you enjoy our dialogue, our authenticity, um, and you want to help share this message, please uh, follow us on, on all platforms if you can. Um, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Instagram. 
um, even Facebook helps and um, we have a Google um, if you want to leave a Google review that's huge um, iTunes reviews are huge um, comments on YouTube are huge um, and likes there as well so I know these are um, tasks and you might have a lot of things to do but if you want to spread this message without paying a dime these things really really help us and um, yeah we'd love to see the audience grow so thank you so much Oh dear. Yeah. This, I, I mean, it was a long one, but it kind of, I felt like it went by quickly. <laughs> There's just so much to talk about. I agree. Um, well, but until yeah. next time. Those that tuned in, thank you. What did you say? I just said those that tuned in, thank you. Mm. I just wanted to say. <laughs> yeah. Well, may we all have an amazing Aquarius new moon and the things that we're doing, uh, may they touch future generations, upon generations, upon generations. And remember that whatever it is that you're seeding now, um, right now we are closing up the Capricorn new moon saga. And by the end of this week, when the new moon begins, whatever you're seeding will take six months to really like show its colors and, and then some. So yeah, just offering patience and inspiration as we continue to create and evolve as a humanity. And um, yeah, really glad that we get to use astrology um, as a collective. And there's so many tools for us today that help us to know ourselves. So yeah, it's really great to have a community that values this. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all folks. Oh, folks. <laughs> Okay. All right. Until next time. Until next time.